The floor, wow, it's Nature Stone. It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. All right, welcome back aboard. On a wet and wild Wednesday. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes, and CB. How we feeling, boys? Oh, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's... Means I'm feeling good, man. I um, uh, I don't have my water right now, so I'm a little thrown yeah. off. That's and what's it throwing feels me like off. You're trying to like swallow something. Yeah, it's a lot going on right All now. Right. I didn't have the wipes in here to start the show, so you know I was running around before we kicked off. But now here we are. You mentioned wet and wild. I mean, speaking of wet, how about that game winner last night from Max Struess? I don't I know if you that. saw that I highlight. I did. That was an incredible game. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. Luca and Kyrie are special, but the Cavs got it done, and Max Struess was on one. In the fourth quarter, and iced it with a half-court heave. So, yeah, man, I'm feeling good today. How you feeling? I'm feeling fine. Yeah? Except the vocal cords still. Really? You know, yeah, they're not coming back. Man. I feel like this is it. This is the U2. Uh, the U2 effect is real. The pro- You know, there's no way, because if you can't rest your voice, it's not going to get better. And so, I'm either, I either need to take two weeks off and not speak, mm-hmm. just go on a speaking strike, yeah. starting... Now it no, sounds it sounds um, like you're trying to chase down our guy Paul Keels and get to that mm, level. I don't know if that's possible. If you could ever get to Paul Keels level and look at Fish here, our program director heard me complaining and he delivers my water. That's unbelievable. This is amazing. Right? What here. kind? What, just what do you day. have on him? That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's incredible. Is that going to happen for all of us? Probably oh. not. Mm. I'll tell you what. Oh man! While he was here. You should have asked for something else. Oh, man. Hey, as long as you're here, step and fetch to the vending machine. <laughs> I could use something up there, too. Well, he's already shot down my private plane, you know, request for us as a show. The so Jackson Dart. I-, I think this is him making up for us never getting the private plane. He he delivered my know, water, man. so now I got to just shut you up and, uh, and do my job. You might have asked for a foot massage. I don't know. While I'm doing the show. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not in my Rex Ryan bag at all. I'll all leave right. that up to you. It's kind of a Pulp Fiction reference as well. I was on the other day. Yeah. Caught the last half hour. Weird. Somewhat, in a weird way, could be overrated or underrated, depending on how you look at it. I've never, I I don't think it's, I know it's cult classic and all that, and the way the story fits together and all that. I, I do feel like it's very engaging, and there are certain parts of it that are very troubling, and so I'll give it a thumbs up as far as being engaging, but it's not like I don't like it's so, not one of those things that I put up on a pedestal like some people have. Would it be fair to label John Travolta's comeback film? Would it know? be fair to label Pulp Fiction as the In and Out Burger of movies? Great reputation, enjoyable, but maybe slightly yeah. overrated. Probably so. Is that <laughs> damn? That hurts. I mean, that's coming from the man that walked three miles to get a triple patty in Vegas. I didn't know. Now it's down to three miles. I thought it was five (laughs) on a highway. Oh, man. Man, it was (laughs) ducking and dodging cars in Vegas to get a burger, man. I I respect the dedication. You got to respect those empty wrappers at 3 a.m. in there, just strewed all over the place. Couple stray fries in the bottom of a bag. Um, it's all good. I I don't. You asked me the, originally, you know how I was doing. I guess I'm doing okay because 
I didn't hear the tornado warning. I didn't hear, I'm telling you, as God is my witness, somebody asked me a little turtle. They said, wow, that was something last night, the blaring of the alarms. And I said, oh, you mean yesterday with the thunderstorm? Because I, I, I did hear the thunder the day before. You can't have the lightning without the thunder. Mm. And so, and there's like, no, no, this morning. I'm like, what time? Oh, I don't know, five in the morning, five thirty six. It was blaring. It felt like, sounded like forever. Yeah. And I said, I looked at this person. I said, I got to tell you, I was out like a log, man. It was just. <sighs> That's impressive and scary at the same time. Because that's not good. Not only did I get the sirens that everybody heard outside, but my iPhone was sending some loud alert that woke me up out of my sleep in that window of time that you just laid out. And I've been up ever since. So it's going to be a long day for your boy. Thanks to Mother Nature. But I am just glad that at least the people I've talked to, they're okay. I hope everybody is okay because it did seem pretty serious for a while, but where I was living, it just seemed like a normal thunderstorm that came through. I don't know what type of damage happened north of me. So hopefully everybody was okay. But yeah, that that alarm that I got on my phone was terrifying. Woke up out of my sleep like D-Wade and Kevin Durant in that old Gatorade commercial. So, So here are two things. I don't keep my volume on on the phone. Well, neither do I. It's on silent, but you know how some of those alerts that they could just get through. Oh, they go through the silent wall. You know, if there's like a missing child, that alert that you get. But even if it's on silent, yeah, they can get through. Really? Yeah, that's what happened to me last night. I got two of them. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. I figured if you have your phone on silent, then that's your deal. Yeah, I have no clue. But whatever happened last uh, early in the morning, it could have been a tornado. It could have been an intruder. A cat burglar, I would not have. It would have been just That's, yeah. take whatever you want mm-hmm. and uh, let me sleep. Oh, I'm you, exhausted. You'll be that guy? Take yeah. whatever you want? I'm exhausted. Bend the knee? Yeah. Except the animals. They can't go. <laughs> um, all right. So I didn't hear it. And then I saw this morning and I saw, you know, Indiana beat Wisconsin last night. And they were killing Wisconsin early. Indiana's just a, just, they're a bad team. But every now and then... They show a little pride, very similar to Ohio State. And so Indiana's playing Wisconsin, and they're up big. I don't know whether they're up 15 or whatever it was. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And Wisconsin comes back, and they tie the game. There's like 54 all, 10 minutes to go. And speaking of alarms, the alarm goes off at Assembly Hall. Okay. Like fire alarm. Like, And they ask the fans to leave, and it, it was obviously frustrating certainly for Wisconsin who had come back and tied the game for the first time since it tipped off since zero zero and Greg Gard had a comment after the game he said I thought it was a great timeout <laughs> for whoever pulled and that you know what good. it made me think I'm surprised this doesn't happen more now that's a horrible I mean that's I assume a very arrestable offense. Mm. That's a, a, is it a federal crime who knows I mean that's a bad deal to be falsifying an alarm and caught inciting a uh, panic and whatever people had to evacuate. Yeah. So the fact remains, they'll find out. There's cameras everywhere now. Whether you'd be able to identify that person or not, I don't know. But it's I'm surprised this doesn't happen more at at basketball games when the home team is, is down. losing. Down. <laughs> help our boys out. We now, you, now out. usually the, the equivalency in football, yeah, is the streaker. Hey, somebody's got to help this. Somebody's got to change the momentum. 
I'm jumping on the field and I'm doing it. Not me, but that's what usually happens. Mm-hmm. Speaking of yeah. streaking, mm. and I don't know, if, and I don't know in if a this tornado story warning is true or not. You ran out of your house this morning when you heard the alarm naked. That did not happen. That did not happen. But did you guys see the story of the streaker at the Super Bowl that apparently did that? Because I mm-hmm. don't know what sports book made it available but that you could bet on whether or not there would be a streaker. Mm-hmm. And I guess this dude bet a whole bunch of money yeah. that there would be because it was going to be him, and he cashed in on that bet and paid the $1,000 fine, $2,000 fine, whatever it is to get it out of jail. It had to be more than that. But I, I don't know if this story is true, but when you brought up the word streaking, yeah. I remember that headline that the guy at the Super Bowl mm-hmm. bet on himself. But two of them did. Two of them yeah, did it, yeah. and they made big money in doing so. That's interesting. More I mean, I have to, you'd have to do the math. That's incredible. How much is it going to cost us to get out of jail? Will this affect my job? Will I be fired? Mm. Is something, you know, socially, am I going to be an outcast here? And so that's, I need to find that out. Because if you, if you do that, especially at a Super Bowl, not that it should be any different for any other game, but that is the game. How much money did this person pay or get paid to go to jail? The headline is Super Bowl streaker says he bet fifty thousand dollars okay, on his be. stunt. Fifty. I would think grand. they would cap it. I don't know. That's there. There's you're too exposed. I respect. No it. pun intended. I like you're you're guy. way too exposed on both ends. I respect it. Because if anybody could do that, then it would be worth potentially doing. I, I most of these prop bets they cap anyway. I'd be surprised. Let's Scotty Vegas on the phone and see if. Um, how much that would cost. And by the way, here's the other thing. Assuming he had to be paid to get into the game, and those, the Super Bowl isn't cheap, so we got to add that to his bill. Well, here's what it says. He spent 50 grand on that prop bet okay. at plus 750 okay. and, and won $374,000. Amen. Boy. Good for you, big dog. That's how you do it. This is never going to be available again for by any sports book now that this has been found out it is it is a nice loophole that's incredible into a sports book not thinking well here's the other thing if you are a gambler and you're a shady gambler Mm. you then you don't have to do the streaking i make the bet and then i pay off the the patsy who's going to do this for me and i pay you yeah. Like if I'm gonna make that much money, how much money did you say you made? He made three hundred and seventy four thousand right. dollars. So of the three seventy four that I know I'm gonna win because I did the math on the bet, that I find a willing participant some jabroni to do it for yeah. twenty five grand, you'll pay whatever whatever I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And now I've done the math and now it's I'm not going to jail. I like your thought That's process. That's the way to do it. I actually. like your thought process there. It's just the recruiting that you would have to do to find said person oh, could easy. be maybe a little difficult. Everybody's got a number, Maddie. There you go. But there it is, man. That's 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 worth it to me right there. It's worth it. All right. Because we cooked up a parlay that's going to take a year to cash in. That was, what, 300 grand yesterday. This dude did That's it. worth waiting for. He did it in 20 you're, seconds. You're right. <laughs> and now he's got a, a record. And he's probably oh, banned from every NFL stadium ever, every, you know. Hey, and I, I know people st- are saying, well, how do you ban him? Well, it's tough. I imagine the the face recognition and all that. But it'd be very tough if you got banned from a stadium to say that you couldn't get back in there with some disguise. The only difference is if you ever did it and got caught again, 
for quote trespassing, whatever. I think then you're in you're in serious area. So I, th- I think when you know you're going to do something like this, you make peace with yeah. I'm I'm good with never attending a game ever again. All right, so. Fish brought you your water yeah, jug. Thank you, Fish. Do you want to ask him for anything else right now? Um, Should he step and fetch and DoorDash for some food? I was going to ask, you want anything for lunch? you want lunch? a foot massage? Do you want your shoulders rubbed during a break? I didn't get that done in Vegas. So Maybe you know, what we may... need to do is get a fan. Yeah, by the way, there was a whole setup in Vegas for that. And then we all were a little thrown on the price. It was, it was, it was might have rich. been worth it. Yeah, yeah. But we need to bring one of those chairs. You can just stick your head through the donut hole. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. You can just Whoa. lean into it. Oh, wow. You guys know what I'm talking about. Whoa. It's like a donut hole. I smell what you're cooking over there, the rock. I just I just want to know. I just think for the record, now that the, your your boss is oh, stepping and fetching for what you need, not even waiting for a commercial break, by the way, because he wants to make sure that your well, pipes are fluid. heard how out of whack I was to start the show and said, I got to yeah. get him together. What's that, going that, on in that, there? That streaking during the tornado, that'll that'll get you every time. Uh, but no, I was out like a light, man. It was man, it was okay. perfect. That's scary. All right. When we come back, we'll have Schefter this hour. Um, I'm going to assume he's at the Combine getting all the stories yeah, that he probably. needs. Yeah. And so we'll have him at, at 1233. Aaron Taylor, our buddy, Notre Dame, former Super Bowl champ. Offensive lineman will jump on at 133. And then Jeff Risden, who's the coast of the Lions pod and the draft wire, will get his prospects. We got a lot to do. The Bengals brass, Maddie, is saying all the right things. Do they mean it? Will everybody be able to back up their talk? We'll tell you what we mean next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. If your idea of the perfect radio show is all Buckeyes all the time, then it's your lucky day, Slappy. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. I wonder if this gambling site actually paid the bet once they found out that the winner... Because remember, he can't get paid until he cashes the ticket and then he wants to goes to jail. I wonder if he bailed himself out and then before the book found out who he was or whatever, went and tried to cash that ticket. I hope not. Or had somebody else do it for him. I hope not. And it's, you, listen, I guess you're right. Buyer beware on that for the book. I mean, who who would have thought that you're going to pay that out, that the guy who's betting would be betting on himself? But I, there's such so much shadiness that, yeah. Um, but maybe you're right to say, hey, they, they blew it. Yeah, it yeah. was available to bet on. Available to bet on. Um, so the Bengals tagged T. Higgins in what was very predictable. And if he plays this year going to be a pretty expensive receiver and it's fine what 22 million dollars everybody's looking for a guarantee and he's a young guy with a great future so we understand um but i think they tagged him right away because they knew they weren't going to get a long-term deal and we figured they'd go to the combine trying to shop this around a little bit and see what they could get for t higgins uh zach taylor and duke tobin have both spoken about this we'll start in order and we'll go with the duke on why they tagged him it's really simple. Um, it's, uh, you know, he's a good player. We want to keep him, and uh, we have resources to do that, so we decided uh, early to do it, and uh, and that's where we are. We like T. We're a better team with T, so, uh, you know, with, with uh, the way that we've managed our cap, we had the ability to uh, put the franchise tag on him, and, and we did. I think that's saying the right things. Yeah. I guess the pushback would be to him is, did you have you tried to get a long term deal with him that would fit with where you're going, or is it impossible? Because you know I want to give them a little room for 
this would be an incredible luxury to have a one and one a of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and it may just not be financially possible. So that's where the tag comes into play. The player gets rich for one year, and the team keeps the band together, and this is where we are. I also feel like no matter how they move forward with him, that they certainly you could all agree that you'd rather have him than not. It's not that case. It's just about whether or not you have to move him now because he won't play under the tag. If he's frustrated, that's when this gets interesting. Or, you know, if you're not a Bengal fan, could be fun to monitor because of how good of a player uh, that he is. And, and we all remember last year the response at the combine when Duke Tobin was asked about the possibility of trading T. Higgins. And he said, quote, go get your own wide receiver. That was last year. Mm-hmm. And this year he was asked again about it. And he said, in terms of our intentions going forward and answering hypotheticals of what could and couldn't come about, you know, I won't get into that. So this year, it wasn't as definitive as it was last year. And I'm curious, are their minds opened up to that possibility? I think absolutely they're going to be okay with having number five, number one around Joe Burrow and doing their thing. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better wide receiver duo in the NFL when those guys are at the peak of their powers. The only reason why T. Higgins didn't play at a higher level this past season is because the dude was injured and they had quarterback issues, even though Jake Browning looked pretty good in certain spots. So now, if a team comes a-calling and throws, let's say, a first-round pick, at the Cincinnati Bengals, I wonder what they would do. Because his stance last year was, don't even call us. Go get your own guy. The quote I just read you that he just said yesterday, hits a little different for me, even though I do think on their list of options, option number one is, let's keep this core intact, talking our wide receivers for the most part, because I know Boyd's a, a free agent. But those two powerhouses on the outside with Joe Burrow, we've seen that work. We were close to winning a darn Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Rams. That's option one, and I'm good with that. But because of the financial hits that they have coming, whether it's on defense or when Jamar Chase gets his new bag, the bag that you already have with Joe Burrow, that may be tempting too, AR, if you get the right draft cap draft capital coming back to the jungle. There are a couple things here. He wants guaranteed money, security, more than one year. He also might be want not to be Robin to the Batman. Yep. He might want to be a number one guy. But then what he gives up, in my mind, is how close are you to a championship? And is the money and being the number one guy more important to you than playing for a title? Because the Bengals are close. If you remember, you know, what he did in four games without Jamar Chase last year, he got a damn good target share. Mm -hmm. And so he might really enjoy that. And so there's a, he's 25. Like, this has been done before. You dropped the first rounder. Look what Tennessee did when they traded A.J. Brown away. Heard him. Right? They trade him for a first-round pick. First-round pick became Traylon Burks. Mm. How's He's, that worked out? Not not yet. Right. Not yet. Right. I don't want to, you know, put his career done, but, I mean, he's... He, hasn't been good out It the hasn't game. been good. Yeah. But look at the team he went to also. So there's, um, there's a situation here for T. Higgins that we will find out what's most important to him. And I'm not going to deny him the money and security. That's a big deal. It's, He's been injured. Yeah. Guys get rocked in this league, and you got a chance to uh, to go get paid, get traded. That's fine. But he most likely would get traded to a team that isn't 
nearly as good as Cincinnati. I think the other thing that you weigh, if your T. Higgins is next off season and the free agent wide receivers that are going to be on the market. And looking at some of those guys, if they don't get extensions done with their team now, it's CB's guy, Amari Cooper. It's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. These are guys next season that are going to be free agents at the wide receiver spot. And if you're T. Higgins, you know that this year I'm making $22 million on that tag. I'm going to be attached to with uh, what some people believe is a top three quarterback in the sport when he's right in Joe Burrow. Then I could go into the market next all season and probably get that deal done but that's the risk that you're talking about is that if you stack up another year of injuries or the production isn't as good as it has been out of the gate for him then you may not get to that 28 Mm -hmm. 30 million dollar number that you want next season so these are all things i'm sure his agent is throwing at him just the give and take there i don't see it right now meaning this all season that duke tovin and the front office in cincinnati are going to slide a piece of paper across the t and it says hey here's 30 million dollars a year they got to do that for jamar chase they can't do it so it's the risk versus reward but i think right now you got to be where your feet are if you're t higgins and soak in the money that you're getting this year and soak in being attached to what should be another yeah. good football team. Yeah, as long as, yeah, right. There's always gamble to everything. Yep. Joe Burrow could get injured again. There could be things right. that happen. Here's the other thing I don't think would happen. I don't think they would trade him within the AFC. I'm not saying he's a core, like, there's something about that that wouldn't feel as good if you're Cincinnati, unless the deal is, hey, we're only getting this from Tennessee. Or, we're like, honestly, I think that would be, they'd probably want to move him I mean, somewhere in the NFC. You know where I'm at with that. Unless the the draft capital you yeah. get in return right. is so valuable that you can't ignore it. But at the end of the day, you're going to have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and some other good players. We'll ask Shefty what he's hearing. And also, is it more likely that Fields gets traded or stays put? Hopefully, I'll have those answers next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the Jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. NFL Playbook with ESPN's Adam Schefter. Sponsored by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. All right, he's the senior NFL insider for ESPN. Is our guy Adam Schefter. And he's on the Brian Heating Coin Systems Fangus Hotline. Shefty, how you feeling? How we doing here? Outstanding. So I'm going to assume you're at the Combine? Just got here, literally. I'm in line at a coffee shop, about to get my coffee. I haven't had any meat or drink. I've got to go take a podcast here at 1 o'clock. And, uh, yes, I'm in line. If you can tolerate the uh, low voice, I'm trying to be a little bit respectful to others. Hey, they know it's Adam Schefter, man. They might be listening in. <laughs> you know what? They're probably upset that you're speaking <laughs> speaking low, right? They want to they hear it. They, they got an impromptu radio show dropped in their lap. Um so I guess the, the question I want to ask you is, you know, I think Ryan Poles, the GM for the Bears, has been as honest as anybody can be right now, right? He, he He's not sure, but if he does, he wants to be right by Justin Fields. Um, are you a week later after I asked you, more likely to be traded, less likely to be traded? Where are you at now? More likely to be traded. I mean, you can share his tone. Uh, let me just place my order here. One second, Anthony. Yeah. One second, okay? Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Extra foam. Yeah, I was going to say, get, get some of that creamer in there. I, I'm not a big coffee guy, so I don't really know how that works. Is he at a star? You think he's at Starbucks right now? Chef, he seems like he may be. A, no, yeah, 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 yeah. What's that? I mean, somebody yeah, should be bringing you yeah. your coffee, I would Extra. think. No foam. Oh, no foam. See, I'm already wrong yeah, on my no first foam. guess. Okay. 
Shefty, it kind of sounds like what Giselle was doing with Tom Brady. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, do you believe that? So, what if it is? How do you feel about the Falcons right now? Are they the strongest player in this, in your mind? And if so, what would it take to get Fields? Well, I, I don't know who is the strongest player. That's the whole thing. Um, you know, sometimes you think you might know the strongest player for a particular player and they're not uh, we don't know that the Falcons are all in or not and we don't know if the Steelers are all in or not we don't know if there's another team out there that's all in that we don't know about like for all we know maybe maybe there's another team out there that's willing to make a move that we you know we haven't heard their we haven't heard their name right like that could be so I'm, I'm hesitant to anoint a team and say you know this is the team to watch because I don't know that we know which is the team to watch right now. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I'm not going to say it's Atlanta when, when, when we don't know that it's Atlanta. Shefty, when we get to night one of the draft, do yep. you believe, in your opinion, that both Washington and New England will be picking back-to-back at two and three? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, that that's a tough question because – I mean, you know, they're, they're gathering here to meet with these guys. And, and, and the hay's just not in the barn there yet. It's just not. We haven't had a pro day. 
We haven't had a top 30 visit. We haven't had a meeting at the comp. We haven't had a combine workout. You know, we, so, so you're asking me, do I think that the top three picks in the draft will remain the same, right? Yeah. Chicago, Chicago, Washington, New England. I, I would say, um, uh, I'm just guessing. Uh, probably yes. Okay. But but there's so much that could change in the next two months. So I don't I don't know how that's going to go exactly. I mean, there you know, for all I know, the New York Giants and six love Drake May, and, and they want to do everything they can, and and then Jaden Daniels goes to Washington, so Drake May's there at three, and and he's there, and, and New England like Jaden Daniels more, like. There's so many things that could change yeah. that are still being established that it's really, it's, it's just, it's just guesses right now. It's hard. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I get it. There's so much um, that we're going to find out about it in the coming weeks. I totally understand that. Chef, I want to go over to the, to the Chargers camp and get your understanding of some of these veterans, the Keenan Allens, the Mike Williams, Khalil Mack, and the Bosas. Are those guys going to be around this year? Do you think some of those guys yeah. uh, will be playing elsewhere? What's, what's your feel on that? You know, what's funny about that is literally when I got to Indianapolis, I was walking to myself, the very first person I saw was somebody in the Chargers front office. They were talking, and I said, what about your big guys? He goes, well, we have some decisions to make. You know, we're not there yet. Uh, I'll just say that I think it's interesting in the sense that before the season, I think most people would have thought that Khalil Mack would have been a goner, and then he went out and had, you know, one of the best seasons of his career. And Keenan Allen, people would have thought they would have moved on from him. He looked like he was 26 years old. Um, you know, Joey Bosa hasn't played up to the contract, but he's so young and so talented that how do you move on from that? Um, and then Mike Williams is another one. He's been injured. And you've got a new head coach, a new GM, new eyes, new perspective. The guy that I saw 30 minutes ago told me they, they just weren't there yet on the decisions. Now, he might have just been saying that. You know, it's possible. But I don't think we're going to get something from the Chargers this week at the Combine. Do you believe or are you hearing anything from the side of T. Higgins on whether he will play under this tag or whether that's leaning one way or the other? I'll, I'll be able to answer that question better one week from now. Please ask me that again sure. next week. Um, I'll do my best to answer it now. Uh, it certainly sounds like the Bengals are open to making a trade. I don't think he's particularly thrilled with the idea of being franchised. Um, obviously, he wants to cash in. He's waited to cash in, and he's played up to a new deal. You know, at franchise tags. I was in Denver covering the Broncos when the Broncos tagged um, John Elway. And, and and this system was devised so that franchises wouldn't lose John Elway or Dan Marino. And now, you know, you got teams tagging the second wide receiver on a team. And that 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 was not what the tag was designed to do. The the tags have been weaponized. Um, and so, I, I still think that they'd like to keep T. Higgins. I don't think he's going to be thrilled about being on a one year franchise tag. Um. So I think there's work to be done there. All right. Well done. All right. Drink up. Have a great day. Keep the energy level high, and we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the combine. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to place my order and to get caffeinated here before I go take my podcast. Absolutely.
Well done, Shefty. Thank Thanks, you. man. That's Adam Schefter, senior yeah. NFL insider for ESPN on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. He was talking about back in the early 90s, you know, when John Elway was well into his career and they had gone to Super Bowls. He hadn't won one yet, or they had, and, or he had led them. I have to go back. And, you know, it's, it, it's, you struggle. You struggle to know what to do. Yeah. And it's, that's when Pat Bolin, and I wish we had more time with him, like wanted, there should be this rule that allows them to keep their guy for another year at top money so he'd have more time to negotiate a new deal. And this thing was birthed. Yeah. From the Bengals side of things, the front office and Zach Taylor and his coaching staff, it makes so much sense mm-hmm. to have T. Higgins this year on that tag. But we just heard from Shefty, and he's not speaking for T. Higgins. We just we're in Wayne C mode to feel out his emotions on yeah. that and he, and whether or not he feels like he's being respected by the franchise with that tag. I'm I'm almost positive that it is the Elway rule. That's basically what it would be called, and. You know, we've had a lot of fun with it on this show, and it was designed, I mean, the design was that an NFL team can tag one, you have one free agent, you get one. He's going to be an impending free agent, and we can guarantee that you can't leave, and in exchange, we're going to pay you a pretty lofty, fully guaranteed salary. That is among the top at your position. On paper, it sounded great. But now this guaranteed money is being thrown around like funnel cakes at Kings Island. Like they're, you know, they're just everywhere. And And these guys, this little sell on, oh, we're going to guarantee your salary for one year. Like one year, guarantee that with some years. That's that's what these guys have a problem with. Most of these impending free agents want to wear a shirt around the combine that says "Guarantee this." (laughs) All right, we're going to come back. Maddie, is the is the court storming thing done? Was it a twenty four hour news cycle on it? There's a little more left. Rothman and Ice on the fan. One, two, three. Here in the fan is always football o'clock. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, Browns, and all the NFL games you can handle. The fan. No one funks up the work microwave like these two. Fish again? You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, the perfect storm has been the court storm for folks like us, talk shows. This is just absolute gold because usually when it comes to these things, it's so one way or the other. It's one way or the other. I can't believe you knew that song. Is that, is I, don't that remake? Who, I don't know who sings that, but I do know that song. Who that, does sing that song? Was, I think it was Blondie, but I get you, get you, get you, get you. I can't. That's amazing. Was there a remake? No, no. That's just that's a nice little classic right there. It's a little hit. Yeah, here we go. I mean, you guys are hung up on some song from the seventies. Drop and 80s. that CB. Listen, Blondie was that was a thing, man. I'm blown away. This, this is, is this, uh, every now and then the show can blow me away. Yeah, this and is, this is if I would have said. Free dinner on. Have you ever heard this song or know this song? Yeah, I would have. I thought I would have cashed. Yeah, this is good job, see, because but this is one of those it had songs to be a that, remake somewhere that no, you guys heard. That's it. That's the only version of the song I know right there. Th- that's one of those tracks that'll play when you're at a restaurant, you're at a store, walking around the mall. Like that's one of really? those tracks that I hear a lot. Yeah. All right. In movies, you know. 
And you heard that version? 100%. Okay. Well done. I'm Listen, I'm, I'm every now and then, when we kick a hot tub time machine, it warms my heart. <laughs> so the court storming thing is interesting because it's either, hey, man, let the kids do what they want. This is weird. It's a one-off. It doesn't happen that often where somebody gets dinged up. It's not that big of a deal. It's a really big deal now because a guy had to be, quote, helped off the court. Or there's the arrest everybody. Mm. There's very, sometimes in this world, there's very little middle ground. You know why? Because the middle ground never moves the needle. It never does. The level-headed take is a lost art in this world. And I'm not talking about radio or sports. Just in common sense, Mm. right? You either got to be so irate that it turns into something really bad where there's police called and like there's never any, you know what I mean? Like it either goes that way or there's no one that ever can quote diffuse a situation We emotions in, and maybe it's always been this way. I don't know. I've just noticed that emotions are much more heightened lately in every level of our society. Well, that gets attention. And when you're in the business of needing attention, whether you're trying to get, you know, TV ratings, radio ratings, podcast ratings, whatever it is, you have to find a way to stand out somehow. So there's, Always that guy or that gal on said show or, you know, podcast or whatever that's willing to play that role. That way their show can get attention. Yeah. That's how it works. Loudest person doesn't always have to win. But or, unfortunately, we're in the era now that I think that person is winning more times than more not. It's more noticeable. Yeah. No one's going to deny that if someone's screaming or yelling or getting irate that that isn't noticeable. Of course it is. But is it noticed for the right reasons? And I'm not accusing Mike Wilbon of faking this. Yeah, what do you say? I'm not. It, 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 it's who he is. It's Hopefully it is who he is. And it's you got to animate yourself. And maybe he did to, to some degree, but he had to take following the Billis stuff. So he's on Team Billis. Arrest everybody. Have security guards it's the, bring. It's the, it's the ultimate deterrent. Yeah. How does right? This, you gotta, meaning don't go soft here. Mm-hmm. Meaning... If you want to really curtail this and you don't want it because you don't want to take any chances, then there's no middle way to play it, even though that's kind of how I wanted to play it, which was, you know, and I don't even know if that's realistic to let the opposing team leave the floor and then you're allowed to take the floor as a fan base. And of course, there's always going to be some lunatic that doesn't obey that, right? I want to be the first out there. I want to get to that guy. It, It. it happens. It's the world we live in. I understand it. Here's Will Bond on Pardon the Interruption. Tony, there's no other opinion on this. And <laughs> I thank God, you know, Jay Billis has been adamant about this as this network's enlarged voice when it comes to college basketball. And I, I applaud Jay. I, I really meant to call him and say thank you. This has to stop. There's no other opinion. Any other opinion is stupid and <laughs> lazy and ignores the safety of the athletes and the fans. I've heard people say, oh, they should just delay it 30 seconds and let the fans. Fans have been hit by goalposts. Fans have trampled each other. This is stupid. It's got to stop. The NCAA morons at the top of the pyramid and the conferences, the SEC has been actually the progressive leader in this by saying, no, you will be fined six figures. Make it seven. Yeah, you got to have real security, not people just you know working uh, in retirement who come out of their houses and stand with their with a blue jacket. No, 
security and they have to enforce it and the schools have to be on board. And this is just another dumb thing that the NCAA has let go and it cannot go on. What do we have to see? I don't know about blaming them. I mean, the schools certainly could, could do what they want. Um, by the way, I think it's a very strong take. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm leaning, I lean his direction based on player safety. I have. I don't think this is Filipowski's fault. And I think he had every right to not be subjected to the running of the Bulls. We dropped him into Pamplona and is like, okay, now try to get off the court. Mm. I think that was, you know, what happened. And so, the what? guy we really need is Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. That's the the security guard we need. Yeah, uh, listen, Wilbon, I hear you, OG. I, I hear you. Like, <laughs> and, and I'm I'm always here for dunking on the yeah. NCAA. I'm not I'm not mad at that. I am more so in the camp of the fines would work for me. They they, they would work for me. But if you told me today, Ar, that the NCAA mm-hmm. does come down and it said it's done, I, it's not going to hurt my experience watching college basketball. College basketball will still be fun. I think the games would still be energized. I'm putting it in the camp of the Pro Bowl in the All-Star Games. If those things went away, I'd be okay. I, I would be okay. So I don't feel that emotion that Wilbon feels. Mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to call everybody's take that I don't agree with stupid. I agree. Either. Yep. I'm with you um, on that. But, you know, there's something that will come, I think, now that this happened to Duke, and now we've got to do something Here, to save the brother. Here's the problem. If you put the schools in charge, that means they're going to have to spend money because they're going to have to police it and police it a lot better than what he's talking about. And who wants to do that? And also, let's all be honest. This is the home court memory. Schools like it. They like the photo ops mm-hmm. because they can sell those photos at the corner oh. store. And so it, it works for everybody as long as nobody gets touched up too good. And the fact that you brought this up the other day, the fact that it was Duke makes the anti-Duke rhetoric just blossom. There you go. All right. When we come back, Sports Center update here at the top of the hour. Matty, one Chicago Bear... Wants the team to draft a weapon, not a quarterback. Mm. Who is it and who does he want? Rothman and Ice on the fan. We're the highest rated sports radio station in America. There's no joke there. We just are. The fan. Ohio's sports destiny. This is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. All right, second hour of the program. 133, Aaron Taylor. Our guy from the Irish, CBS Sports, talk college football, get his opinion. Everything floating around, moving into this era. AR, did you see that story that dropped over the last couple days about Wendy's and their idea of this surge window that they're trying to cook up where apparently if it's like rush hour Mm -hmm. or whenever it's crowded at the drive-thru, that the prices... Of Stranded the junior, at the drive-thru. That the prices of a junior bacon cheeseburger and mm-hmm. some other wonderful delights will increase? What are we doing? That ain't right. Increase or decrease? I thought I saw increase. So they can uh, slide and scale depending on like a stock price? Like yeah. you, you can buy low, sell high? That ain't right. All right. I I, I need you to have more issues I need. Well, I need, to, I need more details on it. So you're saying that... I roll through there during high time, 
mm-hmm. when it's popular. Let's say it's like rush hour kind tw- of thing. Twelve thirty lunchtime, lunchtime, dinner time. Yes, your burger and the prices go up. Your burger price will be up in that window of time mm. versus, let's say, I don't know, three thirty in the afternoon when everybody's still in the office. Your burger would be cheaper. That's a problem for me. Well, let me ask you this: Did you have a problem? When we went to Vegas for the Super Bowl and the Uber prices were just jacked because of the demand? Well, that's different when you're at the Super Bowl. And someone else is paying for it? Correct. Okay. There you go. When I got to use my own card? But it's, the same, but it's the same thing, right? It's the demand is up, it's, so it's, price would go it's up. It's the same thing, but this is something we've never seen before in the fast food world. I agree. It's risky. I did say that. It's very so, risky because you turn people off of your product 100%. to the point saying, well, I really liked it, but now you're going to you know, jerk me around for more money during high time when I'm patronizing your business. Come on. Yeah, it's tough. It, it, you're better off just raising the prices across the board. Are you telling well, me, though, that if I can that. find a way, but now it sounds like they're going to move it up even more if things are, boy, that's weird. It'd be it? wild to be stuck in there and Come feel on. like... Well, I thought it was this price. Here's the deal. How much could it really be going up? That's number one. And number two, if you can find a way to sneak in there when the time is down, does that mean you'll pay less than what you usually did? But what if I only have that window of time to come get my spicy well, nuggets? How much do you like us? I guess. Wow. It's a gamble. I agree. How much I, do I wouldn't you like us. I wouldn't do it. I just try to secretly raise the price. Secretly. You know, where nobody notices until ah, it went up a dime. Like, does anybody really notice that? They're all playing that psychological price anyway, whether it's the 99 cent this or that or whatever. Those don't don't exist anymore. That's okay. Dollar menus are cooked, and that's sad. So they're not actually a dollar. There has to be. There may be certain things that are dollars, but it's not like the old school McDonald's. There's no 99 cent menu anymore anywhere? Those are gone? Okay. I think the best you can do is the uh, the biggie bag at Wendy's, which who knows if that sticks around with this new pricing window. That's a good deal. I will give them that. The biggie bag's a nice deal. All right. Well, so there you you praised them a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'll give them I'll give them a flower for that. No flowers. But this idea, whoever came up with this idea, that's that's out of was bounds. fired, and now they're back to normal. Doesn't sound like they were fired. It sounds like the higher ups were like, "That's a phenomenal idea. Let's do it." So I don't think this has been enforced yet. I think they put this out as a feeler to see how people would react, and the reaction has not been good. So it's not it's unbecoming to our Ohio based yes. beloved company. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, oh, that's man. all right. You're a White Castle guy anyway. Uh, well, you know what? A little slider never hurt nobody. Yeah. Just one? Chicken rings, you know. Who's buying just one of those? Petals. Buying a crave case. Getting the know, whole sack. I don't know about that. No? About that. Walking out of there with a briefcase. Grave case. That's a lot, a lot of a lot of a lot of patties. You'll right have there. to do the. I want you to do some research on this and see what's going on there. Okay. And how much they were going to raise prices during high time, and see if they can really cash in, and whether you know it's worth it or not. I got you. I got you. Because I listen. I don't uh, eat a lot of that fast food anymore, and I I don't. I mean, I certainly they're very popular. And I see what's going on with the drive-throughs and all that, and how busy they are at certain times. Usually, it's you see they're busy, you don't go. Oh, well, or I mean, I'm going to park and go in. The craziest it ever was was during the pandemic. I mean, the fast food lines were ridiculous outside of the pandemic, and when Popeyes was dropping those chicken sandwiches, like people had never eaten a chicken sandwich before. I couldn't believe how interested everybody was. 
in the Popeye's chicken sandwich face. I couldn't believe it. Now, we got an all-time meme out of it with the lady mm-hmm. sitting on the bench that looks like she's absolutely tired and just got done playing in a game seven. But I was shocked. Tired from eating it? No, by right. <laughs> because serving everybody on these chicken <laughs> sandwiches. You remember that? I don't remember that commercial. I honestly don't. No, I'm talking about the actual chicken sandwich when Popeye's dropped that. Yeah, no, that. I, remember, I remember it being very popular and them running out or something. I'm not talking about a commercial. I'm talking about the meme of oh, the okay. lady that's sitting on the bench outside of Popeye's that worked no, at Popeye's. No, I want to see that. I, I don't remember that. like, I'm just exhausted. <laughs> you people are crazy. Fighting over them. Oh, man. Well, that's a way they created demand. Um, there's a demand from the inside of Chicago Bears. His name is DJ Moore. Hmm. He's the receiver that they got off the other trade when they dealt the big pick. And so he's a receiver who doesn't want to hear anything about Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels. Uh, this somewhat makes sense. He's got a good relationship with Justin Fields. The problem is he doesn't mean anything. His vote doesn't count. I think being a vocal supporter of your quarterback makes sense. So he said the other day he was on NFL Total Access and he was asked to compare those three quarterbacks. By the way, that's a very dangerous game to play. Mm. What are you asking me to analyze other quarterbacks when I got one? He says, I still don't think they compare to Justin right now. Good answer. That's what you'd expect. If he said anything different, you'd be like, hmm. Like if he found, oh, well, I, I like the way this guy throws the football. That would be a telltale sign. Yeah, so tough. his support for him is totally understandable. And guess why? If you enjoyed a career year with this guy, why would you feel like you'd want to move on from anybody? That relationship looks like it's going to be a really good one. He got 96 balls. Mm-hmm. Scored eight times. Yeah. Th- almost 1,400 yards receiving. I hope you like your quarterback. And so I feel for him. But this is the business they're in. And there's some talented dudes at the top. And I would, if I can reshape my franchise, I think the problem with Justin Fields right now is the idea that he's not going to be a star of stars. I think athletically he is. There's this thought around that he's dangerous, but is he a difference maker? It's close. He goes to Atlanta. This could be a very win-win, by the way, for him. He he might want to be traded. This this could well, work said, out really well for him. He said just the other day or last week that he's ready for this to be done. Whatever way it goes, he, he's ready mm-hmm. to move on. And I can understand that, especially when you're a quarterback and whether you go to Atlanta or whatever team he's going to get traded to, you want to reset, get to know your teammates, get to know the playbook, your coaches. There's a lot to get used to uh, when you're going to a, a new location. CB, do you have that Ryan Poles clip from yesterday when he was at the combine on uh, the timeline for trading Justin? If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. It's not a great vote of confidence for him, but it's it's honest. It's as honest as he's been. Basically saying if this does happen, and many guys wouldn't even toe that line. Like, hey, we're considering everything. We really like Justin. We feel like we're in a great spot, but we'd be doing our organization a disservice if we didn't uncover everything we need to. End of story. Done. Next question. Like, honestly, but him saying, 
hey, we want to do right by this guy. That's I like that's that telling you that they're leaning that direction. And Schefter told us the same thing. Yeah, I, and I don't know if when you hear GM say they want to do right by a guy, is that when he goes to said location, you know, is yeah. it going to be X and O wise or is it timing wise in the all season to where he could get his things in order? Like that could go a couple different ways. It's right. it, it screams that he's getting traded and now it's just going to be what do they get in return do they slide down they're picking at first and ninth in the draft this year so we all know they have a bunch of options and real quick you mentioned dj moore he's a fan of another buckeye too i kind of feel like he wanted to come to ohio state you know he was he was a maryland guy but he said quote i know marvin harrison jr so that would be a choice of mine which that would be a dynamic duo for sure. When you talk about Marvin and DJ Moore, especially DJ, you remember the mm-hmm. you mentioned the numbers that he had this year. That dude has been very impressive throughout his career because of the inconsistent quarterback play um, that he's had to deal with. But they need more, no pun intended, up in Chicago when it comes to weaponry. So now you have the wide receiver one on record saying, hey, I would not mind at all if you brought in a guy that eventually may take my spot on this team mm-hmm. as the wide receiver one. So I think that's great to hear out of the gate, similar to what happened in Milwaukee in the NBA. When Damian Lillard said that Giannis is better than me, he is the captain of the ship. That can be a great thing right out of the gate when it comes to relationships. So that was pretty eye-opening as well, is that not only has he backed Justin, but it looks like he's supporting um, the possibility of the Bears drafting Marvin and, and putting those guys together out there on the field. I'm He's very excited right now. He wants to keep the band together and strengthen the offense, and even if it went to him not getting as many footballs. Um, But I think this goes to him really liking Justin Fields and what they're building together, and I get that. And if I'm Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, would I rather go to Arizona or would I rather go to Chicago? It's it's close. I I don't know. I I, it's it's a very very with Kyler Murray needing that guy. Like if I'm Marvin Harrison Jr., Mm -hmm. do I want to go play with Justin Fields in Chicago or do I want to go to with Kyler Murray in Arizona? Boy, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? Because it feels like Arizona is would be a better spot for him, but it's not a clear-cut one. No, not at all. It's, he doesn't have a lot of great places right now. Like, if Marvin Harrison gets past, let's say the quarterbacks do go one, two, and three, and you asked um, Schefter about it. Um, by the way, I, I don't think they're going to all stay there. Me either. Yeah, he did. I yeah, he said probably. I don't think so. I think the Patriots are getting out of there. Someone's going to. One out. of the two is moving. I think somebody's got to. Well, I think Washington really needs one, and I think. Well, so does New England. <laughs> they really need yeah. one too. Yeah, but that. they're not. They may not get the shot at the top two, so they'd have to think Jaden Daniels well, is regardless, really the guy. They got to figure something out because running it back with Mac yeah. Jones ain't, ain't it? Ain't it? I need to figure out what's up with your team. Because I found out yesterday the Josh McCown hiring mm-hmm. could have some attachment to Drake May. Because Josh McCown in 2019 was coaching high school ball, and he was coaching Drake May in high school. So what is your team we're up not, to? We're not going to be able to wrestle a division rival or Washington away from those picks. I'm just saying, I don't think so. That was we an, need defense just anyway. an interesting nugget to remember that Josh yeah. McCown coached Drake May in high school, mm-hmm. and your team just hired him yesterday as the quarterback's coach. They probably to pick remember. up the phone, but I don't think Washington would. Boy, that would take a lot because they need him. 
All right, we're going to come back with ins and outs next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Common man and T-Bone are idiots. You should listen to them anyway. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's idiot destination. Rothman and Ice present In In or Out. Just a little of the old in and out. Indeed, Jose Feliciano. You got no complaints there. All right, CB, what you got? All right, this first one I had to bring up because it has an AR connection. Your yep. Kansas Jayhawks once upon a time. Yep. Very good program. Had some good success recently, too. But this <laughs> season, a little bit down compared to expectations. They are down one of their star guards and Kevin McCuller. Not sure when he's going to come back, maybe for the tournament. Uh, but my question to you is, are you in or out on being concerned about this Jayhawk team? All right, so there's slight concern. Here's the problem I have. There aren't that many teams to trust. Like, so either I'm trusting nobody or I'm going to have to have a few in the trust category. Trust. Um, and I, trust. I will support them with a trust. I will also trust them. They've got an experienced head coach. All right. So I like that. I like a guy that's won a couple of titles. Um, they got bounced early last year, so they should have a feel of redemption. And although I don't even think he was coaching at the time, didn't he? He was out medically, I think, at that time when they got bounced. And so, but I, you mentioned Kevin McCuller Jr., and he's a senior. And I like Hunter Dickinson, as we all know. He's a senior. So come this tournament, if I add up coaching experience, upperclassmen, branded program, of all the teams that I think I have to at least continue to trust that can flip it for March Madness, it will be Kansas. I will continue to trust them, even though they certainly laid an egg last night. There's only one program I trust, CB. Oh, Husky. And it's the Yukon Huskies. I've caught Houston. I've caught Purdue, obviously. Tennessee, Marquette, you name it. Those top mm-hmm. teams. I just think their collective unit is so strong with different skill sets, experience, talented young guys that are ready to pop. I'm just all in on Yukon, man. And that's the only team that, according to my little amateur yeah. eye test, that I vibe with and think has the goods to consistently do it in March. So I'm going to go with UConn. I know Houston has a nasty defense, and they're going to choke you out defensively, and that's always going to be a grind. But I just, man, UConn can give it to you a lot of different ways, and so I'm going to rock with them. Ironically, a team that lost at Kansas earlier this year in one of their very few losses. All right, number two, Eric Bieniemy on his way to UCLA to be the OC. Are you in or out on him leveling up that team going forward? I think I'm out, CB. They lost Dante Moore. He transferred to Oregon. He's going to be the next in line behind Dylan Gabriel. Something's off with Eric Bieniemy. I don't understand his roller coaster ride in the coaching realm since he was in Kansas City for a while. And a lot of people thought he'd be a head coach, and he went over to Washington this past season, and Sam Howell was a complete mess. I just I don't trust it. You know, when you remove yourself from Pat Mahomes, I know that life will become difficult, but there's just something off with Eric Bieniemy, and uh, I don't like the vibes around his name, and it's just, I don't get it. I don't get it so I Yeah, I'm out. I mean, I don't think you can rock the headset in the NFL for as many years as you've done it and not be doing something right. I also feel like you're right to not really know what level he can get to, especially with that team, although I do think it's a decent hire. Because you're checking some boxes, you know. He's been an OC at that level. Now, obviously, the NFL level. 
He has spent a lot of time out there. He's from the area. He was he was an assistant at that team for a few years way back when. So it does have a nice, comfortable vibe for him going back to UCLA after being in the league for as many years as he has. So I actually like the hire, but I'm semi out on the whole leveling up at UCLA. I do like the hire, though. All right. In recent years, number three, the women's college basketball game added the advancing the ball to the front court after a timeout mm-hmm. if the team chooses to do so, similar to the NBA. Are you in routes on the college game for the men's side to adopt this rule, too? Uh, you call me weird. I think this is one of the on my list of like stupidest rules in sports. I think it's stupid. I can't even believe is that Mike Wilbon stupid yes, right there. That now I it, it it is it. It's only in the last two minutes of the fourth or overtime. Correct. All right. So it's not a full blown deal. But if I can call a timeout and advance the ball to half court by simply calling a timeout. What what have we done? This is sports. You're at they have 94 feet for a reason. I can call a timeout and you're giving me a free half court. I, honestly, I don't know why this was ever created and it it penalizes the team that's on defense. I don't go down the floor, break the press, throw a good pass. Dude's like what are we doing? How did this ever happen? Oh man. Am I wrong to think this way? No, it's just a I, I, weird I, don't, thing. I don't think you're wrong. Um, it's never really struck me as weird, and I guess because I've seen it for years and I'm just used to it. But yeah, to answer your question specifically, CB, I would be in on this being implemented in the women's game for I'm sure. I'm out on the whole rule in general. I, I would rather just be abolished completely. <laughs> All right, our final one here. Uh, the NFL Players Association survey poll came out, and it labeled Andy Reid as the top-rated coach in the league. Are you in or out on that finding? I don't think Listen. I can push back on that. I mean, the guy has been rolling. He's been absolutely cooking, just won back-to-back Super Bowls. He seems like a cool coach to play for. Heck, he'll even let you push you, push him on national TV. You can even get away with that and yell at him in his face. You can still go out there and do your thing. So he likes cheeseburgers, as AR likes to say. He likes those nuggies as well, <laughs> and the dude's a great offensive mind. So, yeah, I cannot push back on that whatsoever. I'd be very hard to push back on this. Plus, he's got an amazing closet full of, like, Hawaiian button-downs, apparently. Uh, no, he's got the Lombardis now. He's a three-time Super Bowl champ. I have. They'd be hard. He is attached to the greatest talent in the game, but we gave Belichick the same treatment. We've given Phil Jackson that treatment. Like it's very hard to. If I listen, if I take Patrick Mahomes away from Andy Reid, is he the best NFL coach? Of course not. But it's the game we're playing. Is he's getting it done, and he got it done in big moments. He seems like one of those guys that players really. According to Travis Kelsey, you have an unbelievable relationship with, so it did work. So I have no problem with him being ranked where he is. I mean, I think we could have a conversation at some point this offseason on who's doing more with less. That That's probably a real conversation. All right, we're going to take a break. we got Aaron Taylor coming up next, the former two-time All-American offensive lineman at Notre Dame. What does he think of the Buckeyes offseason, the expanded playoff, and where we're going in college football? That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Hitting a hole in one into your ear hole. Ooh. 
This is Rothman and Ice. All right, it's one of the favorite interviews we never did at the Super Bowl. When we get to hang out with Aaron Taylor. I talked to him in L.A., and then we went to Vegas. You know, the lines were crossed, and we weren't able to do it. But he's the two-time All-American from Notre Dame. Um, He's CBS Sports, does a lot of everything, and he may, Maddie, actually do a better listen, Lou Holtz impression than I can do, because he played for him, um, and he is our guy, Aaron Taylor. Listen, this guy is one of the most outstanding players I ever had. Sucker, let me tell you this. Aaron Taylor, you make me never want to recruit California again. Get get out of my drill, son. You're killing me. I can't can't use you. What what are we giving this guy a scholarship for? I heard that on a daily basis, and it's uh, a, a part Sylvester the cat, sucker and succotash, but man, he was a great coach and a good man, and he's got a podcast coming out that I'll be on in a couple weeks as well, but boys, what's up? Well, it's, 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 it's great to reconnect with you, AT. So, all right, so many things to talk about. I want to get into this real fast. Let me put you back in uniform. We'll drop back into the 90s, hot tub time machine. And we have an ex- let's say we have an expanded playoff when you were in college football. And let's say the Notre Dame Fighting Irish were the, I don't know, 11th seed of 12-team tournament. Is the future first-round offensive lineman Aaron Taylor opting in or opting out? I would have had no choice but to opt myself in because Joe Moore, my position coach, wouldn't have, have let me even consider that. Uh, that wasn't the culture that we had. We were ride or die. So whether we're in the DeLorean or the hot tub time machine, I, I think our cultures were just different then, and it's a completely different landscape. I was a guy that played in our bowl game against Texas A&M in the Cotton Bowl, January 1. That was the big deal for us back in the day. And in the middle of the second quarter, I got turf toe. So I'm sitting there playing left tackle, finish out the game. We won. It was a great experience. I was a senior captain that year. But I couldn't start working out in the offseason on my lower body until about late, late March. So it was really disadvantageous for me because I got hurt in a bowl game that had no meaning at the time. And that really affected my ability to prepare for the combine and the draft and the mini camps that were coming in. So that was a huge blow to me. So that's why we're seeing guys opt out of bowl games and those sort of things. It would be really interesting to see the prospect of what the playoff moving forward looks like with 12 teams, probably 14 and probably more than that. I think we'll still see selective guys that step their way out. And I think it's national championship or bust is kind of how it's been through four teams. So it'd be interesting to see how that gets sorted out. But at some point, what that's going to mean is they're going to have to revenue share and incentivize these players to play in those games. Otherwise, there's a lot more to lose than there is to gain, and it's going to diminish the product. So I think we're heading there. I think it's accelerating. It's going to happen more quickly than we thought. I don't know what to make of it. I still know that football would be fun to watch, but I honestly don't like the direction that it's headed and the speed with which it's getting there. Well, you kind of answered my question, so let's stay there. With the playoff, do you think this has more pros or cons when it comes to expanding and you look at where the game is headed? Uh, it, it's, it is what it is. The pros are going to be an economic windfall. The enterprise of intercollegiate athletics is going to make a ton more money. For college football fans, we're going to see marquee matchups with real stakes on the line 
in ways that we've never seen before. We're also going to see that with expansion with what took place in the SEC and the Big Ten that, oh, by the way, are trying to hook up and be friends with benefits and try to become the power or the big two and leave everybody else behind. So from that standpoint, the on-the-field product and, and the amount of content that we get to see and the quality of games is going to be masterful. But we're also going to see a situation where the rich get richer and the poor get poor. And these programs that we've seen that have made the jump, the Boise States that have had that opportunity on the big stage in college football, the TCUs, the Utah, we're just that's just not going to be possible. It's not a level playing field. It's going to get even more unlevel. And I think ultimately the game will be as popular as it's ever been. I think the 14 playoffs showed us that. But we're headed towards a professionalized model, boys. Like, they're, they're not even trying to hide it now. It, it makes the most sense, which is why we're going to need a czar and to formalize what's already taken place behind the scenes. He's Aaron Taylor, College Football Hall of Famer, uh, former NFLer, won a Super Bowl with the Packers with us here on Rothman and Ice. All right, so do you think it will be – we have more teams in it, but you you think it will be harder or easier – for a team like Ohio State to win it all now. More competition, but maybe not as good. Um, but they'll get in every year, so they'll always have that at bat. So we're, I'm curious from your standpoint, you think it's easier or harder or the same for a team like Ohio State to go win a natty now? Well, I think it got a hell of a lot easier when Harbaugh came out west <laughs> of San Diego. And I know that's hard for Ohio State Buckeye fans to hear, but that conference just got a heck of a lot more crowded with blue blood marquee programs that are going to to potentially threaten and dilute the talent and the dominance that Ohio State had had until this last three-year run that we saw when Jim Harbaugh, who finally got his salary cut, that lit the fire and ended up winning the national championship this year. So I think what we're going to start to see is a lot more one and two loss teams into the playoff and the integrity of the regular season that we were so worried about for so long that hasn't been a factor, kind of skipped the four-team playoff, but is really going to show up in this situation, especially with conferences getting rid of the division so that their top two teams can make it instead of knocking out one of their, their best and highest rated and, and getting left on the sidelines. So those are the sort of things that are going on environmentally around Ohio State where I think it becomes even more difficult for everybody to assert themselves. But – Ryan Day and his staff and what they've been able to do, and I'm just going to call it what it is, free agency, and to go to get Caleb Downs and Will Howard and some of those other guys, Chip Kelly. We have head coaches stepping down, not being fired, willingly walking away because they don't want to be a part of the mess. It's a blank show out there right now. This December calendar is ridiculous, and guys are getting tired of it, and that's why we're seeing Nick Saban step away, Chip Kelly leave his position, Sean Elliott leave his position, if we're going to start to see a new dynamics in our sport that have never existed before, and that's all secondary to the perfect storm of NIL, the transfer portal, and free agency. Yeah, listen, we still love the game. We're going to watch. Growing the game is something I think is very important, especially former players like you, to make sure kids really understand it and love it. Um, we were very fortunate when we were at the Super Bowl to meet the designers of future fans. It, it's a it, What's great, when I met Mike and Michael, that this was, I didn't know this was launched in Columbus, Ohio. These guys are from our city, and they created this like really simple way for young boys and girls to learn the rules of football through these stories and hopefully growing fans for life. And I know you're attached to it, and you must think a lot of it. 
I, I do, and I appreciate you bringing that up. The two Columbus girl dads, right, that mm-hmm. were diehard Bengals fans, which, you know, say a prayer for them. They've been through a lot. Hopefully they're turning the corner here. But they were looking for ways to engage with their daughters and get them to fall in love with their favorite sports teams and were sitting on the couches by themselves and, and missed them. So they created a really creative and innovative way to rethink how to explain and engage the complex rules and concepts of football in a way that kids would eat up and enjoy. And that's what Feature Fans has done. And that's exactly what it did for me. My daughter, seven, a first grader, hated football because it would always take me away from the house in the fall. So she was really resistant to it. But when Feature Fans showed up, a buddy of mine told me about it. We started reading the book at night and took out a ring toss game. Now we're just playing games. But I told you, you got four beanbags you get four chances to get one bean bag in the ring. And if you do, you get to advance to that ring and get four more chances to try to get one of the bean bags in the next ring and so on and so forth. So without her knowing it, I was introducing to her the concept of football and getting four downs for a first down. And we spent 20 minutes laughing. Then my sons came over and we expanded how far the rings were. So it becomes a family experience in a really innovative and creative way which is why since launching in September, they've won six toy awards. And if you know anything about that space, that's incredibly hard to do. So they've cracked the code of finding a fun and easy way that both parents and kids will enjoy around the greatest sport on the planet that's ever been created. So if you're a girl dad out there just looking to introduce this sport to somebody that's between four and 10 years old, please go to futurefans.com and put in the coupon code FANS to receive a 15% discount or to go to amazon.com. If you're looking a way to create a family experience in a cost-effective way, search this up. You will not regret it. I promise you. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, when I, we met them both, nicest guys in the world, great families who just wanted a way to connect and with their kids about sports. And, you know, if you understand it, that's where the confidence comes. And then you're really growing to loving it. Um, this was most outstanding. And we will definitely uh, ring you up soon because now that we have your, we've had your information, but we confirmed it at the Super Bowl. Did you enjoy your time in Vegas? I did. It was great. It was a uh, subsidized vacay with my wife. Brought her out. She had some work out there to do as well. And we've got three little ones. As much as I enjoy, you know, doing future fans and watching ball with my seven year old, having that one on one time with my wife is coveted valuable time and we were able to do that out there and it was really, really fun. Good for you, man. Thanks for making time for us, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Look forward to it. College football's right around the corner, boy. Absolutely. Spring ball, spring practice. We'll be ringing you up. He is uh Aaron Taylor, our friend from CBS Sports. I uh, won a Super Bowl with the Packers, played uh guard at Notre Dame, became a two-time All-American, and, of course, uh, played for Lou Holtz and then went into the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, one of the most fun guys you could be around. We'll come back and do a Buckeye Bolton. President Ted Carter was on Morning Juice with the fellas this morning. His vision for the future of this athletic department. Next, Rothman and Ice on the fans. The only radio show Ryan Day listens to when we're holding him hostage, making him listen to a radio show. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The fan. Rothman and Ice present Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. All right, Buckeye Bulletin time. All right, the morning juice hat on Ted Carter, Walter Teddy Carter Jr. 
as the 17th president in Ohio State's history. Probably just had slightly more football coaches than that. Not a ton. Right. Um, So he's certainly uh, in a very prestigious position, a very important one. So he leads all the campuses, not just the one in Columbus. but So obviously a great honor for him when he was hired. And the boys had him on, and they were talking to him about, you know, the first big hire to get right, which was certainly the guy that was going to follow Gene Smith. And here is why Bjork, he feels, was the right hire for the AD position. A number of things. Uh, first of all, his leadership capabilities coming in. Uh, he's, he was the youngest athletic director ever selected at a Power 5 program when he went to Ole Miss. He was the youngest athletic director when he went to Western uh, Kentucky uh, so he's got a lot of experience for his relatively young age. He'll have the type of runway out in front of him that Gene Smith had when he came here. And quite frankly, Ross has some real background in some of this changing landscape, NIL, uh, conference realignment, having somebody come from the SEC into the Big Ten, I think is a plus. Uh, and his energy and his fundraising capabilities uh, the whole package, when I looked across, and we had a lot of great candidates, uh, let, let's not kid ourselves, uh, Ross was a clear winner in, the, in that interview. And I have to admit, I did not know Ross personally before I interviewed him. And uh, I, along with our search committee, uh, was blown away by uh, what he's going to bring here. I think people will be really excited when they get to know him. When he used the word energy, I completely agree with that. Because when we sat here and we aired his press conference live, what, a couple months ago now, or whatever that was, you could feel it. You could feel the excitement that he has. Seems like a cool dude. Like, I'm all in on the direction of where this university is going with these guys that are going to be big-time decision makers. I know kind of for what we do, we'll be maybe more attached to Ross Bjork and hearing that name more times than not. But it seems like between President Carter and now Ross Bjork that this is uh, two guys that are going to be able to lead this ship in the right direction. You had me at fundraising. <laughs> there you go. When I heard that pop out. I knew he was in the right era. Yeah. And it makes sense. Here he is on his vision for the future of Ohio State Athletics. Well, I think we have to stay true to our principles. In other words, uh, you know, we're, we're still amateur athletics. We need to bring our best athletes here to compete. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want them to get an education. I think that's really important. There'll be a lot of changes when we come to things like shared revenue. Are they employees or not? You know, what a conference is going to look like in two to three years. What's, you know, FBS and Power 5 football going to look like? Big Ten, SEC, the other conferences. There's a lot out there uh, that's going to change. And some of it's playing out in the courts, some of that, some of which we can only have to stand on the sidelines and, and see what comes out of that. Uh, but we'll be prepared. Uh, you know, what Ohio State has uh, going for itself is not just a fantastic fan base, uh, but you know, one of the few programs in the country that doesn't operate on any type of tax dollars or university money. Uh, We'll see how we're able to maintain that going forward. Uh, But I am optimistic that we're still going to be able to manage 3061 sports, be competitive, uh, and attract and retain the right coaches and the right players. I like hearing all of it. Yeah, I wish him a lot of luck in doing it. I hope he can hold on to what this is supposed to be at the end of the day was to make sure that you can develop people and give them a top-notch education and be proud of their degrees from Ohio State and use it to go on and live great lives and be productive members of society and give back. 
there's all that. Uh, we also understand that this is one of the biggest, richest sports departments in the country. Yeah. And their vision is to parlay that into championships to be proud of. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of it. And so we get it. But I, I was happy to hear him genuinely bring that up. Yeah, and, and it's going to be so hard to grab a hold or sustain that hold around what the things that you highlighted because I just don't know if this new era of athletics that we're entering is going to allow that you know completely right I think the athletes the student athletes understand everything you said but they would hear that and say but I can do those things they are and still get mine right I can do all those things and be proud and represent and get my education but now because of all the information that these athletes have been given when it comes to the money that's been made kind of off their backs. They're going to keep digging in on this, and as they should. I've been a fan of the NIL stuff, a big fan of it. It does seem like it's a little bit of the Wild Wild West stuff going on, but there are changes are coming, whether it's going to be good, whether it's going to be bad. We've been seeing it over the last couple of years around not just college football, but just athletics and all of these universities, and there's more to come, as he highlighted. A lot of that stuff's way above my pay grade. Some of the stuff he was talking about, uh, but for sure, I am feeling, I think we're all feeling that the things that we liked or maybe didn't like 5, 10, 15 years ago are changing right before our eyes. I've said it for years. The re- only reason Ohio State was slow to this party is because they never had to be fast to it. Yeah. They never. They were selling something that was so above and beyond so many programs could offer. The platform, the brand, the experience, the big games, the chance to compete for natties, top-notch coaches, trainers, developers. Like, they, you had everything you were selling here. Tradition, the history of athletes that you'd be following. Like, they had everything to sell. The last thing they thought they would lose to was the checkbook. They just never thought it. But maybe that was poor thinking in general, that the ultimate tiebreaker in most people's lives are is money. Mm-hmm. And so he seems to be on that. The other very interesting part about his career is that he was a Navy, a fighter pilot. And the fact that he was in the academy and, you know, played a little hockey, but Mm. he was at Top Gun in the mid 80s when it was um, part of creating the movie. So he was at the Naval Air Station in uh, Miramar and he began his flight training, I guess. For the film, and apparently, and I don't know if, if he said it on the air, we'll talk to him about it. I believe he did host Tom Cruise Incredible. when they were filming the movie. So here he is on that. You know, uh, you just never know where your life's going to take you. Uh, I didn't think anything of it at the time. We were deeply involved in combat operations in Kosovo in 1999 and then Iraq uh, in 1999. So the mission you're referring to was a, uh, uh, a multiple F-14 Tomcat mission into uh, uh, a site just west of Baghdad where we had to take out a command center. And the only way to do it was to put two penetrator laser-guided weapons uh, through a, a target that was overall about the size of a football field, and I put the second target in through a three-square-meter vent line, uh, amazingly similar to what they do in the movie, and the actual footage of that combat mission uh, was uh, part of the reference for that movie. So, yeah, that was that was pretty exciting to see that they used some of that. Uh, a lot of the movie does have real-world uh, pieces to it, uh, and for my money, I think it's the best-made visual what it feels like looks like to fly in a high performance jet aircraft that's ever been produced so uh, i love the movie uh, uh and i know uh, your fans have all seen it. i've only seen it about 57 times <laughs> this call sign was slap shot by the way one of the best that's awesome Man. and the fact that 
He went back to be an F-14 Tomcat flight instructor. F-14 Tomcat, one of the most difficult fighters to master. Um, and then hosted crews when he came in to do his flight training in, in the mid-80s. That's, that yeah. That is incredible. First off, thank you for what he did. Uh, back in the day for our fine country, but I would just love to sit down with him and just say, you know, it's story time, President Carter. What do you got? Because that right there was awesome. I can't imagine some of the other things that he has in his memory bank that would be uh, pretty entertaining to hear. He attended Top Gun. Yeah, that is. He was at the Fighter Weapons School. That's awesome. Like, that's That's unbelievable. And, and, And by the way, he was very, very good. Did you like the second Top Gun? Haven't seen it all. Wow. That's an upset. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought for sure you would have seen that. I didn't know you saw the one from back yep. in the 80s. But well, this yeah, of one course. that came out a couple years I ago, you haven't seen incredible. it yet. And I heard it was yeah. visually amazing. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of holding it out there as like that ace in the hole, like kicking the can down no, the road. No, got, right. <laughs> Just hanging on to the... Hey, if you needed another excuse of why I'm hanging on to the 80s, he won't see the new one. No, that's not it. All right, we're going to come back with a Sports Center update. Top of the hour, we'll do a deep dive. Mel Kuyper with another mock. Does it have anything that jumps out to us? We'll tell you next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well loved. And well, we smell a little, but oof, you've accepted that. The Fan. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for a deeper dive. All right, welcome back. Final hour of the program. Jeff Risden, he's the managing editor at the Draft Wire. Will jump on with us at two thirty-three. Give us all the insight and all these mock drafts and everything going on at the combine. So it's the fun season. It's the mock draft season, and. What has really changed, we don't know because we don't have the top answer at the top with the Bears at number one. So that's the big thing that's going to loom large this week. And so when Kuiper puts out his big board, so he got into his mock drafting suit again, and he's not projecting any trades. That's not how this works, and I, I totally agree with him. It, that'd be very difficult. That'd be such a uh, weird thing to throw into your mock just because then it throws everything off. And here's the bad the bad part is you know it's going to happen. There'll be trades, and that'll screw up his mock. But I don't know any other way he could really do it unless he... Because he's not the insider into trying to put in trades and then say, okay, this team's going to go up to the Patriots at three and draft this guy. He could, but he didn't. Sports Center they did a special on it, his NFL mock, mock draft 2.0. And his big board obviously starts with the Bears. And while I log into this thing, you can tell us what he has at the top. Well, I think you can guess. I think you can guess. I, I doubt he would go against Caleb. I just, it feels like, and he could, but he's not, right? He's not. He's not. He, he does have Caleb there, and there seems to be a nice amount of momentum behind that. And I, I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams sat down with Pete Thamel. CB, do I have that right? And there's an ESPN piece out there to where he's saying, I got no issue going to Chicago. He put that to bed. I also saw, too, that it came out of here that over the last two years at USC, he ha- he racked up $10 million in NIO money. Wait, how much? $10 million over the last two seasons. Apparently, Caleb Williams has put in the bank thanks to NIO. Now, he's out there in L.A. and he's got beats and it's a, you know, more there with Silicon Valley and all that. But that's that's where we're at for some of these guys in college football is that if you're at the peak, 
you're a Heisman guy, if you're, you know, big face at Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama, there's so much money being thrown around. But just going back to Mel Kuyper's mock draft, it is Caleb Williams at one. What's going to be interesting is outside of what Chicago does and just so many branches off that tree right now, what's going to happen at two and three? I asked Schefter about it earlier and he said hey we got to be in wait and see mode just because the combine hasn't even started yet and once these gms and owners and every agent start sitting down at elmo's the you know shrimp cocktails then we'll get some movement but at two he is a Jaden daniels over drake may guy so he has Jaden daniels at two drake may at three i don't think that's going to be the order when we get to night one of the draft i think one of those teams is going to trade down i think one of those teams may be your team coming up to get one of these guys, possibly Drake May at three, because New England is is a wild card here. Now that Belichick's out of the equation, they got a new GM running the show. They got a rookie head coach of Gerard Mayo. What do they want to do? What path do they want to take? And I threw out you know, the info that I found out about yesterday when your team, the Vikings, hired Josh McCown as the quarterback's coach, and he coached Drake May in high school just a couple years ago. So there's that attachment there. Not that that's the end-all, be-all. I just found that very interesting. So could your team come up Mm. to 11, trade down, that being the New England Patriots, and you could get possibly Drake May there? It's possible. I I don't think it's – I would not lean to the probable. I just think – I'm not denying the Vikings are at a major crossroads at their quarterback position because Kirk Cousins hitting free agency at 36, and if they don't allow him to do that, then this is the last run. He's coming off an Achilles tear. Could they pull the trigger on certain guys? Where are they pick? They're picking at eleven. Mm-hmm. So at eleven, this is what's going to be there in my mind: JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. I think those are the quarterbacks that would yeah. be there. The problem I have with the Vikings is that they have needs across the board, and you could argue with, well, what's the what's a bigger need than quarterback? Not much. But right now, if they can re-sign Cousins for two more years, then they feel like they don't need to reach and spend for a quarterback. Donnell Hunter is a free agent. Um, they might have to go defensive there, defensive end. I That would be my prediction. I, the Vikings trying to get that that defensive front kind of souped up because I will tell you, this, this division now is, if they want to fight fire with fire and say, well, well our quarterback's better than yours, between Jordan Love and Jared Goff and potentially Caleb Williams in this division. That's why you make the trade, AR. You you could. That's why you hop on a similar timeline mm. to those teams. Now, this is a all a big if Kirk Cousins wants to take his talent elsewhere. And Atlanta has been a Sounds hot like he wants to stick around. It sounds, you know, he put out the video of him working out on the tennis court the other day, which I thought was interesting. Like, why does he need to showcase to anybody what he's doing if all he knows is I'm going to come right back to Minnesota. I thought that was pretty interesting by Kirk, is that I'm going to show everybody how Mm -hmm. I'm doing with my health. Mm -hmm. Why do you need to do that? It's a good point. If options, you're coming back to a team that knows you. And here's the deal. I'm not trading for him anyway unless I already know that he's physically can do that stuff. Like, you want to just email me that directly, that video, that's great. But putting it out there is... And listen, we are in a very self-serving society anyway. People are going to... But he's not that guy. He, he doesn't seem to be he's that guy. He's not that guy. So the showcasing of, here's where I'm at mm-hmm. with my Achilles recovery, has there been conversations behind closed doors already to where Kevin O'Connell, maybe the GM or owner said, hey, Kirk, we're, we're going to go another way. 
That that I, that just has caught my attention. That video, the Josh McCown stuff. Just I'm interested in your team right now. CB, you were going to say something, man. What you got, big dog? Yeah, I was just about to say he's enjoying life. I saw he got a uh, customized grill yesterday that uh, mm-hmm. our guy Justin Jefferson really liked. Oh, he was iced out. I did see that. I love Kirk Cousins, man. He is hilarious. <laughs> he's hilarious. Yeah. I need you to watch quarterback because you're going to be like, I don't want this dude to ever leave. I'm I like him. I, I, I've i said I liked him. I don't – there's – you know, sometimes the, the top quarterbacks, you know, would I love to have one of the top guys? Of course. But he's – very efficient at what he is right now in his life as a NFL quarterback. I have no real problems with him. I don't know. You'd have to have almost a perfect team around him to win a Super Bowl, but sometimes you have to have a perfect team. Look at the San Francisco 49ers felt like they had the perfect team around Brock Purdy, and they got really close. Mm-hmm. They were fourth down away, fourth and one away yeah. from getting a ring, but it takes that, and I think Cousins is better than Purdy. So... This is kind of where we are. He's at the end of his career. I think he's still got some to give. I'm worried about the injury, and mm-hmm. I think they should be true. They should be too. Yeah, that's they could easily take a quarterback. I just feel like the Vikings are in a position now where let this draft come to you a little bit. I don't. I don't think they're going to just mortgage everything to try to get Drake May. I see I'm not that's the he's move not, for me. That, yeah, that, that that's the move for me. Just because every everything you brought up, I thought a great point about where the division is. And those guys, Goff and Caleb Williams and Jordan Love, they're not going anywhere for a long time. And so I would love to get a guy that I who I think is very talented in Drake May and get him with a similar runway to what's going on in the division. That That's an option I would do. But on the flip side of that, if Kirk's like, hey, I'm good with where I'm at, then just run it back with Kirk. You're going to sign him to decent money. It's not going to be in that $50 million no, it won't. beyond club. So that's not going to hurt you. But I also think it's very important that they do feel out how Justin Jefferson feels about these options. Because Justin Jefferson, if he's adamant about it's Kirk or bust, then you might find yourself in a bit of a pickle. Because, <laughs> I mean, he could dig in. He could dig in because he is due right now for a big payday. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb this all season could be entering that $30 million club. So I think you have to talk to Justin Jefferson about this. I think, if anything, Justin Jefferson is going to want to run it back with his veteran quarterback. And unless he just falls in love with one of these guys in the draft, and that's always risky when, when it's a rookie, I think Jefferson knows what he has in Kirk Cousins for the next couple of years. And so if I can get paid and have a veteran quarterback, then I think I check both those boxes. I think the risk would be, you know, attaching yourself to a rookie quarterback and not really knowing what you're getting. So I think the most interesting thing that's out there in this mock draft is the fact that Mel Kuyper thinks Jaden Daniels is better than Drake May. That, that, because he talks to everybody. And so if he's sticking with Daniels over Drake May, now he did admit it's tight that there wasn't a clear-cut thing, and that several teams have May over Daniels on their board, so he's only one guy. But the fact that I think it's more about fit. I think he loves, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, who wants to spread this thing out and have a dual-threat quarterback, and they've got Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, and all of a sudden you throw that guy into the mix with a guy who can run and be a threat. I'm with you. I know about May, and I think he's prototypically uh, very good. And it's that that to me is the most interesting part of this. Well, timing's everything in life. We hear that all the time. Timing's everything. And Jane Daniels just won the Heisman and was incredible this year and had two first round receivers and Brian Thomas Jr., Malik Neighbors, and he handled business. And that's what you're supposed to do. If Drake May 
had his 2022 season in 2023, I don't think this would be a conversation. I think for a lot of people, they look at a little bit of the dip in production from Drake May because in 2022, Drake May was 4,300 passing yards, 38 touchdowns through the air and on the ground. It was north of 600 rushing yards. So that guy in 2022 coming into 2023 was the guy that could challenge Caleb Williams for that number one spot. And that's why I think timing is just so funny when you have situations like the draft because he didn't have as clean of a year as everybody saw in 2022. People are questioning a little bit of what Drake May is. I'm not one of those people. Like I remember what the dude did in 2022, and I remember everything that team lost going into the 2023 season. So for me, you use the word prototypical. I think he's, I think he's dual threat, Drake May. I think he can absolutely get busy with his legs, and it's not just one of those quarterbacks that gets by. He can absolutely hurt you um, with his legs. And like I mentioned, he almost ran for 700 yeah, yards yeah. in 2022. The And also, you know, the whole thing with Jane Daniels and the Heisman Trophy, that used to be a bad thing. Yeah. You, you never wanted a Heisman quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're just they're the college all-star and pat stat. They pad the stats. And I think between Joe Burrow and your guy Lamar Jackson – that the Heisman quarterback, and I'm not saying there's a million of them. Those are the only two guys that come to my mind as far as guys that, because you go back to Tebow and who else? Um, Leinert, uh, Werfel. Baker is hung on. Absolutely. But it used to be one of those, oh, no, stay away from the Heisman quarterback. Yeah. Don't don't be doing that. And it was the same thing with the Heisman running back. <laughs> like, you just didn't want it. It just it felt like it had a little bit of a curse attached to it and certainly cam and some other guys have broken through that mm-hmm. but it was it was less rather than more as far as heisman then i think now there's not that there's not that stigma on the heisman quarterback there also to me doesn't seem like there's a stigma to take guys high that are a little older like Jaden daniels is he's been around for a while transferred from arizona state played a couple years at lsu and there was always that vibe of man like yeah the guy that's 23, maybe 24 coming out of college, we're staying away from that, I think. And I was never a fan of that thought process. And it seems to me that certain GMs around the league are okay mm-hmm. taking the season guy. Yeah, I mean, they play longer. They just, I mean, the careers are longer. All right, when we come back, we'll get a little pre-snap read going. Does anybody want a certain quarterback? His name just doesn't seem to be uh, bouncing off certain walls. It's just bouncing back to the team he's on. We'll tell you what that means next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Common Man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people. And yes, that probably means you, too. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays at 3. The Fan. Rothman and Ice present... Sponsored by the Low T Center. Reinventing men's health care. Our little pre-snap time. So there's one guy that no one's calling about. And it's a 36-year-old who's been around, been to the top of the mountain, and he's starting to tumble down. And so the reason why no one's calling is because of this money that's left on this deal. So Russell Wilson's remaining average contract value of almost $50 million is the fifth most of any quarterback in the league. So it's Joe Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. He still has $85 million in dead money attached to this deal. Mm. So after this season, the next four-year cap hit, cap hits all exceed $50 million. 
So here's what's going to have to happen. They're going to have to cut him. Right? They're going to have to eat the money, eat the dead money, and they would also take that big hit if they do it before June 1st. I don't I don't really know the answer here. Someone wants to grab him, but they want to grab him on the cheap. And that makes sense. He hasn't proven that he's worth that. Um, when the Russell Wilson trade went down two years ago, it honestly could go down as the worst trade ever. And I'm not trying to take my boy Herschel Walker off the, worst trade the Vikes. Ever. Two first-rounders, two seconds, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and $165 million to his bank account. Mm. And they're going to eat $85 million in dead money if they cut him. That's, that's not great. It's so he's bad. So, so they're they are hoping every night when they go to bed that they wake mm. up and there's a GM calling them saying, we want to trade for Russell Wilson. That's what they got to hope that's for. why the phone isn't ringing. Because when you lay out that type of money, that is a tough pill to swallow. It's a tough sw- pill to swallow. I think we all know that Sean Payton wants him out with the way that he treated him and talked about him and all of those things that Peyton's done. He, he's ready to move on. But is the front office on the same page? you got to pay him whether he's on the team or off. That's, by the way, that may be the worst thing. So we, don't even want, we don't even want him around. Even though we're paying him. I, listen, That's what they think of him. They have options. They're picking at 12, and you may be able to find a Michael Penix, if you like him, or McCarthy or Bo Nix or whoever yeah. you like. Though one of those guys I think would be there. But... Is Sean Payton on board with resetting with a rookie quarterback? Like, maybe he is. Maybe he is. But in that division, we know what time it is. And you got the two-time champ in there. You got Harbaugh that's coming in. And I feel like he's going to do some good things with Justin Herbert. And then now the Raiders are a massive question mark with what they do under Antonio Pierce. But for Russell Wilson, yeah, it's it's not going to be a lot of contenders. A lot of people looking to acquire his services. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Is... If let's just speak in Denver terms right now, mm-hmm. is he our best option right now? He is. Yeah, he is. So if he's our best option, and we're not willing to do what you just said, which is a kind of attached to the rookie, then I'm wondering if they say to him, "All right, we got to revise this deal." Why am I doing that? And when I know that the head coach hates me and wants me out of here anyway. Right. So why am I hoping he's you got guys all have? the leverage? Why would I re- rework my deal? Right. So he's not going to change that stance. But unless, yeah, it, it's, they're in a really tough spot. And they put it, they did it to themselves. Now, I guess they could call up my Vikings and say, okay, we're going to sweeten the deal. Uh, what, what draft pick is it going to take for you to eat his cap space for us? And I mean, when the Texans did that with Brock Osweiler, um, but here's the other thing: he, he, I think he's got a no trade. Not that he wouldn't waive that; he'd approve it probably. Well, depending on most where places. he's going, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. But if I could gain a draft pick, I don't know. I I don't so, know how they're going to find a trade partner that he would agree to that. Would work. What do you think of Pittsburgh? For them, mm-hmm. it's a bridge. Mm-hmm. That means you're giving up on Pickett. Which you're I, saying he's done. Which he we're is. not going to try to develop him anymore. And we're going to put in Russell Wilson. That doesn't seem like that great of an idea to me. Because where am I going with Russell? Am I winning the division? Am I in that division? For like, me, it, it feels it feels better. 
I'm not overwhelmed with joy in that scenario. I'm not. But I, I think there is a level up there. And it just... It's a level up in experience. That's about it. And I just think when you do, when you get that with Mike Tomlin, I'm in. You know I love it, Mike Tomlin. The weird part of what you just said is it may be their best option. That's what I'm saying. Outside it's, of getting fields, which would cost them yeah, a lot more. It'll cost you more. So... I just don't think you can go back He's down a, the road of Pickett and Mason Rudolph. And like we know what these guys are, they need some type of a grown up there at that position. I think <laughs> right now. So yeah, it, Russ is in a tough spot, man. He's in a tough spot in Denver is because I believe they are that the ownership group that gave him that mm-hmm. deal is no longer there. It's right be- in Denver, ownership that's changed. So they may just be like, okay, let's just wipe our hands with mm-hmm. this. Let's let's eat this money. Yeah. We've got our coach for for the foreseeable future, and let's just hit the reset button completely. Yeah, and I think the Steelers could pick him up off the scrap heap and for cheap and, yep. and have a better situation. It'd be a very low-risk move for the Steelers, but like I said, you'd be saying goodbye to what you you thought you may have been able to develop in Pickett. So, I don't know how much more there is to develop, honestly. I think we may have just come up with like a realistic option for the Steelers, which... They're just going to have to play the the, the waiting game. Oh, yeah. Hold yeah. on to your draft capital. Yep. That's not going to be a problem for me. First of all, it's not going to dent my salary cap much. He's got a body of work. He's experienced. He may be looking for a last act to write his final chapter. Yep. You give him a running game. You give him a good coach. You give him a competitive roster. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, Mike Tomlin can keep his winning season streak going. Maybe so. Yeah. All right, we're going to do a bet 365? Let's do it, man. Let's absolutely do it. Um, you got anything in your brain? Yeah, they, I, right now? it's not a good one because of it's hockey, and hockey's always a crapshoot. But I think I'm going to lean in. I mean, I'm, I'm going to lean into Boone's 700th game tonight. And, you know, they're playing the Rangers. Um, he's been kind of an over two and a half shots on goal god. Like, there have been only, there's only one time, I think, in the last seven games where he hasn't gone over two and a half shots on goal. Okay. And I'm not going to bet him to score because just Storkin will be back in the net. But I think what I, by the way, the only the hockey bet that I love to do that's either over in 10 minutes or I win it in 10 minutes yeah, yeah. is I'm going to pair it with both teams not to score in the first 10 minutes. Both teams one team not can to score. score four goals yeah. as long as both teams don't score in the first 10 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to pair that with Boone over two and a half shots on goal and get myself to plus 188. I'm going to take that same parlay and add. And anytime goal for Boone, their goalie don't Ooh, scare me. Their he goalie doesn't. don't scare me. He's uh, very good, Maddie. This is our captain he's coming very, he's after. He's very good. I, I hope you're care. right. So is Boone Jenner. But give me the plus one ninety juice for an anytime goal for our guy. Our guy Boone is it Jenner plus one ninety on an anytime goal. Yep. That's what I'm looking at. If you want, really, you're going to add it to this parlay. Absolutely. So get you if big, you really want to get freaky, I can give you a plus eleven hundred for the first goal scored in the no. game with Boone. If you really, if you really want to get freaky, Maddie, just. I've got a. It'd be a lot faster for me to throw my money in the middle of the studio and light a match. Oh man, it's never ordinary at Bet Three Six Five. Sign up at oh.bet365.com. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. And may the odds be ever in your favor. My boy, just sweetie said he kind of agrees with me a little bit, but oh my god, no. Pickett over Wilson now, and I hate Pickett. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people don't want Russ in that locker room, man. They just don't think there's a vibe there anymore for him. Enjoy Kenny Pickett again. (laughs) I'll just say that. Have fun with that. That's worked out well. Yeah. (laughs)
real 20-second story. Um, I was working in the smallest market in the country when I started in TV in Alpena, Michigan, four hours north of Detroit. A buddy of mine was there, too, doing he was that I met. He was the news anchor. And he was going to interview in another market, about 100 markets bigger. And he was trying to leverage them for a little more money. He said, hey, they've offered me the news director job in Alpena if I stay. He was just an anchor and reporter. And the GM for the station that he was interviewing with said, well, then stay in Alpena and be the news director. Dang. And he's like, I'll take the job. <laughs> we'll come back with Jeff Risden next. Rothman and Ice on the Fan. Whatever you're doing right now, just know that Bo Bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon. Even if this promo is playing in the morning. No judgment. Ah, oh, sweet morning drinking. The f- Both of these guys wear baseball hats every day, and it's because their hair is sewn into them. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, mock draft season, combine season, rumor season, GM's line reporter season. It's all out there, and everybody knows. But it's fun to talk about it with Jeff Risden, managing editor of the Lions Wire, the Draft Wire. He co-hosts the Lions podcast. Uh, what a season for uh, your boys, Jeff. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's it's fun to be in a draft situation where my team isn't picking in the top five. I'm not quite sure how to get used to it, but I would love to get used to it because it's it's different and it's fun. Yeah, listen, I I was a big fan of the squad this year. I, I was rooting for them. They had them on the ropes, and I know it's probably easier for Lions fan to accept that they didn't go all the way just because they haven't been that close in forever, and you can easily fall into the wow, what a great season. But man, when you you had them on the ropes. And just couldn't throw the knockout punch, similar to Green Bay and all that. Let me before we move on. Let's. I know this has kind of been a polarizing topic. You know, there there are two schools of thought here, right? You're not there without Campbell's aggressiveness, but the reason you can go all the way was also because of his aggress- aggressiveness. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right, and it is one of those things. It we, we call it the cost of doing business with having Dan Campbell as your head coach. He's going to make those. It, it's like when we had Calvin Johnson as a wide receiver. Kelvin was the greatest wide receiver of his generation. He also led the league in drops every year. It was just part of like, that's part of the Calvin Johnson experience. You take the good, you take the bad with it. The the good emphatically outweighs the bad, but when the bad roars up at the wrong time, it, uh, it's unfortunate, you know, and that's, that's what happened. Uh, Campbell himself, uh, we, we talked to him, as you noted, it's lying season. He was at the combine yesterday. Uh, at his podium. He didn't lie about this, though. He said that the only regret that he had in that game was calling the run play on third down and goal uh, because that screwed them out of a timeout that gave that effectively ended the game for him. Uh, he didn't regret the, the decisions to kick or go forward or, or whatever um, because that's that's who he is and that's that's what he wants to keep doing. But uh, the running the running play um, and it was one of those that was really painful to watch in real time too. Uh, he wants that one back. <laughs> Yeah, I understand, but man, Jeff, it seems like the future is pretty bright up there in Detroit. Zooming out from the Lions and looking at the draft, we were reacting to Mel Kuyper's mock draft that he dropped today uh, just a few segments ago, but I want to ask ask you about the second crop of quarterbacks, if you will, outside of Daniels, May, and and Caleb Williams, and who do you like between Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, and Michael Penix, if you had to pick between one of those three? So I like Bo Nix because I think the way that he's overcome what he was at Auburn to become what he is at Oregon, that's not insignificant. Um, that's like he that's that's very Joe Burrow going from not being very good and not being a kind of an afterthought at Ohio State to going down to LSU and, and tearing it up. Um, he's not to that that caliber of an athlete, and I don't think he has quite that arm. But I, I like the way Bo Nix can can run an offense. You know, we talk about game managers. Jared Goff as as the Lions is a great example. 
guys who don't make mistakes and who can deliver the ball when and where it needs to be reliably and handle pressure pretty well, there's a there's a future for guys like that, and that that's Bo Nix. Uh, so I I like him. McCarthy to me is completely enigmatic. There's a whole lot that I do like about him, but there's also things like, dude, I just don't know, man. Like, I I, I watch him, and, and there are times when I'm like, wow, I can I can see this guy being a really good starter, and then there's times okay, and I'm like, wow, this is Christian Ponder 2.0, and I don't want anything to do with that. So he's a tough one. Um, and then Penix, I actually have quite a bit below that. Four season-ending injuries in a row, and he's already 25 years old. That's that that's a tough mm-hmm. sell, man. Um, and also, just one of the things when when we were at the Senior Bowl, we we uh, we were sitting there. I was sitting there with uh, several other you know people who do what I do, and we we're like, he throws with zero arc. Everything is a complete laser, and he had a lot of passes batted down by active linemen. I think that's going to persist in the NFL. So I think he's a guy. I don't even know if he's going to go in the third round um, with, between all the, the detriments to him. Look, he's a phenomenal leader, great guy. Um, I, I was at their game last year where they beat Michigan State, and he, he put on an absolute clinic there. So there's, there's things to like, but I think uh, th- there's a pretty big drop-off between those guys. Jeff Risen with us, managing editor at the Draft Wire here on Rothman and Ice. He's on the Brian Heaton Cooling Systems Fangest Hotline. So the big comparison at the top is... Mel Kuyper kind of splitting hairs and putting Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May. Uh, he admits that it was tight. He admits a lot of boards will be different. Um, May has yeah. an NFL arm. We've seen it. He can hit about any throw. He did have a lot of turnovers. That's certainly coachable and teachable. Even the best, even Patrick Mahomes had to start taking care of the ball a little better. Um, where are you on that debate if we can all agree that most likely Caleb is going number one if the Bears trade the pick, well, or Taylor keep the pick, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're keeping it, yeah. and it it will be Caleb Williams. Yeah. That's that's you're going to start seeing that pulled from from draft yeah. betting boards before too long. It seems like um, May is tough because again he played in a, in a weird offense with awful awful offensive line play. Uh, but there's something like he, he has weird issues throwing to his right. His footwork isn't consistent. He doesn't always have the right touch on the ball. Um, he tends to bail under pressure even when it's not there. Um, and again, that if you think back to Justin Herbert at Oregon, that was a big knock on him. He came out through that okay. Um, but uh, J- uh, Jaden Daniels, man, the way he played this last year, and I will say this unequivocally, he had the best 2023 college tape of any of the quarterbacks. I don't think it's even close. He was he was amazing. He deserved that Heisman Trophy this year, but you're not drafting on just that. You're drafting on, you know, he's 180 some pounds soaking wet. He's had some injury issues. He required having really good receivers around him uh, to thrive. Um, didn't always do all that well at, at his previous stop at Arizona State, and even even this first year at LSU was kind of eh, I don't know about this guy. So you put that into a blender, and like, what do you get? And I, I think Mel's right. Now I have not seen Mel's mock, but uh, I will be mocking Jane Daniels number two to the Washington Commanders. I think that's who they're going to be zeroing in on. Um, just, just a, a we'll call it an educated hunch, maybe. Uh, but I, I do think that they're going to prefer what he offers to May because he's a little bit more ready to go now. I think May, um, and this this came out yesterday um, with Kevin O'Connell, the, the Vikings coach. I uh, talked about how he was with Drake May. Um, they, they they are certainly looking for a quarterback. They like to have Kirk Cousins back. They hired Josh McCown as their new quarterbacks coach yesterday. <laughs> Josh McCown was Drake May's high school football coach. 
Uh, they also have the same agent, he, Kirk Cousins, and Drake May. It's pretty easy to string those those dots together and, and think about it. But then Minnesota's picking what twelfth, eleventh. So get a little yeah. finagling to get to that. So yeah, yeah. It, it, there, there's a lot of time yet for all these things to get sorted out. But early on, it sure looks like Daniels will be number two. Yeah. Um, real fast, McCown also has connections with Sam Darnold. I just want to let you guys both know that. So shutter exactly. So <laughs> hey, real quick, Jeff, if you're a GM and owner. That knows, hey, we want to leave the first round with one of these wide receivers, but you know you're not going to be able to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Who would be that receiver you would covet the most? Oh man, Roma Dunze is he is the real deal. Mm-hmm. He he can do everything that you ask. I, I like him a little bit better than Malik Neighbors, and I really like Malik Neighbors too. And I'll tell you what, Troy Franklin from Oregon, that guy's getting slept on. That guy can really play. Well done, my man. I appreciate you. Enjoy it, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds great, guys. Thank you. Yep. Jeff Risden, managing editor of the DraftWire Coast Alliance podcast on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Timeline. Uh, listen, I think you brought it up, and it's an amazing point by you, the fact that that he coached coached him in high school? Coached him in high yeah, school. McCown, yeah. 2019. Like, so, it's yeah. just one of those fun breadcrumbs for me to follow in yeah. draft season. Those very cool weird things those connections that happen right why did they hire josh mccown a quarterback coach that doesn't have a lot of experience i believe when he was in mm-hmm. carolina last year and he's done a little bit of coaching at the nfl level but the resume isn't that long i just think that's a great thing to have is that relationship for drake may to have him feel comfortable and he could hit the ground running in minnesota if that does happen and if your team is willing to give up the draft assets it takes to get to number three or number two you also mentioned you know breadcrumbs and stuff i mean we just happen to have one of the best receivers in the game and where did he go to school lsu lsu and who's up in the top there Jaden Daniels. Ooh. So I'm just saying, there's you could the six degrees of separation yeah, yeah. in that industry are are always there. And I'm glad that that Jeff just brought up Jaden Daniels 2022 because mm-hmm. I've forgotten about that. Because remember, I, I mentioned the timing is everything situation. Like if those guys left and went to the draft after that year, talking May and Daniels, it wouldn't be close. But now it is close because it flipped just a little bit in 2023. So none of these guys are perfect. I think Jeff did a great job Mm -hmm. of highlighting the pros and cons for all of them. But that's what these GMs and scouts have to weigh is the risk and reward of injury, inexperience, playing in this conference, playing with all that talent, not playing with all that talent. Like There's so many things that go into that pot, which makes it difficult. Yeah. McCown was, you know, fired along with, Frank Reich, so he kind of was thrown out with that water, and they were one in ten at the time, and their offense was was a joke. But I do remember him being pretty high on C.J. Stroud through the pre-draft process as well. <laughs> so he at least has that. Although a lot of people are probably doing their revisionist history on who you like and who you didn't. There you go. <laughs> but I'm not saying he's the greatest evaluator. I'm just saying he has the ability, I think, to evaluate quarterbacks. And I think if we got Frank Reich off the record, he'd tell us I wanted C.J. too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, we're gonna come back with tell the truth. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey. The fan, Ohio sports destiny. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Twin Peaks. Experience the sports lodge mentality. All right, CB, take us home. All right, so this time of year, it's all about brackets. Figuring out who's your number one overall seed, who's going to pull the upsets. I'm not going to make you fill out a bracket with this category, but I do want to know who is your or which item is your number one overall seed in the candy category. Oh, this is. We've had this debate 
on our show before, and I think the more fun thing would be for me to try to pick I think it's been more his. seasonal. I, I'm talking like more widespread in terms of your candies. Mm-hmm. Like you can include if you're like a specific type of Reese's, maybe like the Reese's egg versus the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's fair too. Yeah. So I think Reese's I can PC. pick his, Ooh. but I don't think he'll be able to pick mine for sure. It's like that couples game that yeah, we're playing right now. Yeah, this is a match game. Where it's CB, you know what? By the way, I just created a summer top, a summer segment for us, match game, yeah, where he where he asks you questions about me, yes, you know, vice now versa. You could fill out like a questionnaire before the show, yeah, just random questions. What did I guess? Right. So if you're asking Maddie, can I jot that down? Real quick? What is his overall number one seed candy wise? Mm-hmm. And I, I do listen to my coast and in a lot of ways. There are a lot of classic candies, and this is kind of one of those that escaped me over the years. Mm-hmm. But Maddie says it's an all timer. Oh, this makes me feel good. And I'm going to say that he's going to say take five. CB, play the ding for my boy. There we go. Play the ding for my boy. Now, go ahead. I'm not as convicted about mine, so you may not know it, but I'm going to give you three guesses. Three? Oh God! No, three guesses of what my overall number one seed would be. Um, you're not a see. Here's the thing: like, you're not a big candy guy. You're not a big fast food guy. I think I have a better chance at guessing like your snacks. Like well, his, his number one snacks. seed: uh, frozen, frozen dinner, frozen, frozen meal. dinner. Like the cheeses would be up yeah. there. I don't for candy. Well, that's why I'm giving you three guesses, three strikes, and, and you're, you're out. out. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I'm giving you three three to make one at the free throw line. You're not a Milky I followed you on a three-point play. Not a Twix guy. Hmm. Barky, you're not a Baby Ruth guy. You're not a Three Musketeers guy. No, I'm not into the nougat. Are you? Don't like it. Are you a Snickers guy? It's a workhorse. Snickers is fine, but it's not my overall number one seed. It's very good. Snickers, you know what you're getting. Snickers is going to come to practice early. It's going to stay late. Yeah, it's going to be efficient. Yeah, you he might even run my team for maybe be a captain. Oh, I don't know if he's going to be the star, but he's going to be a captain. He's going to be a leader. Okay. Going to get a lot out of Snickers. Uh-huh. You know the one that you said that he gave me a look on. I think it might be in play. Was the Twix? Is that yeah, the leader you, in the clubhouse? We would have been if this was a match game. We would be divorced <laughs> because. It's. I'm. I'm surprised you haven't heard me say Twix over the years. Oh man! Um, and I'm then sure my I other have. other ones that I would consider would yeah. be overall number one seed for me would be, well, you know, anything with peanut, peanut butter and chocolate. Butter, yes. So it was going to be peanut M and M's mm. or name something. Uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay. Um, and then Kit Kat. I think Kit Kat is strong because you can break it into four pieces, like four candy bars in one. They still sing the jingle. That's still that. around. Was Break the, me off a piece of oh, that cake. By the way, one of the best. Absolutely. I, I don't know if they still years. do it, but they should. Yeah, they should. Absolutely. No, that's that's an MVP, I think, because yeah, that's going to solve a lot of problems for you. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Just find out right now today is true. All right, seeing Max Struce hit that buzzer beater last mm-hmm. night made me come up with a question of a, not more of a would you rather, but which do you enjoy more, the buzzer beater in basketball or the walk-off home run? Wow. Which one do I enjoy more? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the walk-off home run because my mind goes to which one would I prefer to do. And it's going to be the home run because I would pimp the heck out of the home run. Like, I still might be at home plate when the ball's landing in the stands. It's a walk-off. I'm soaking it in. 
Right. You're right. <laughs> so I'm going with the walk-off Show dinger. up my pitcher like that. Run. The game's over. Um, Get your butt off the field. Maybe storm in the field. I think Maddie's right. I think Maddie's right. I feel like there's more drama here. The buzzer beater is amazing. It's fun. And it is amazing. And, you, and it's certainly in play a lot of times. Boy, that you is really rough. can't go wrong, AR, yeah. with this. I mean, you're going to get mobbed by your teammates regardless, either at home plate or out in the middle of court. Mm-hmm. You do get, if you're at home, you're going to get that court storming, which is also nice. Here comes Jay Billis with his let, handcuffs. You, I can, you know, you get your fellow students, the co-eds out there, hey. everybody loving you. Hey. You know, big man on campus hey for now. the entire weekend. I'll tell you what, I changed my mind. Put me down for a buzzer beater. Okay. Why would you worry? sounded like you had the he got game yeah. scene creep into your brain with that, that campus visit that Ray Allen made back in the day. CB, you've seen that? Have you I seen? have not, okay. no. Yeah, you, yeah, your girl probably won't allow you to watch that scene now. Sorry, go ahead. All right, we'll finish up with the uh, daily fan poll. So it sounds like w- if you're spending $500 or something to go to the Iowa-Ohio State game this weekend in Iowa City, it might not be as eventful as you'd like it to be because the Buckeyes could clinch the Big Ten regular season title against Michigan. The question, and it's sponsored by ER Auto Care Masters of Our Craft, will that women's team clinch the outright Big Ten championship tonight against Michigan, yes or no? Oh, yeah, it's happening. It's absolutely happening. Give me, I'm going, we'll see on that. But we got to give Caitlin Clark the business again. Like, I, I don't want, you know, load management for that you game, mean, You CB. mean you want her clipped after the game? No, I don't. I don't, I don't I'm not putting a mob <laughs> hit out on Caitlin Clark. But I am just saying, I want revenge, even though we did beat her last time. But I want that matchup again. So no load management. Let's lock it up tonight, which will happen. I mean, it's, And then let's play everybody against Caitlin. It, it, it should be the lock of all locks. Like, they don't lose to Michigan, and they're certainly a lot better than Michigan, and they're at home. Yeah. I mean, it all lines that up. That is the one Big Ten loss they do have this year on the road at Michigan. I don't like that. But it was on the road. Now we're at the crib, so that, that That's makes true. me feel better. But aren't they, haven't they won like 14 in a row? Yeah, like they're rolling. They're rolling like, be, like By the way, this would be, I don't know what they're favored by, but if somehow they, they let this game get away, that's massive upset. They'll be fired up. Yeah, they will. Before we get out of here, if you missed Jeff Risden talking NFL draft, Aaron Taylor talking all things college football, and Adam Schefter ordering his coffee and a lot more, wherever you get your podcast, type in Rothman and Ice, and all of our interviews and show nuggets will be there waiting for you. We'll hit you at high noon tomorrow on a Thursday. Rothman and Ice on the fan. We have so many local shows, I can't fit them in a 10-second promo. So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. The fan. This is a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet Gambling Problem Call 1 800 Gambler. Incredible finishes in basketball yesterday. None more amazing than the Cavs. Max Struess from well behind midcourt hits the game winner to beat the Mavs by two. Cavs were a four point favorite in the game. Cavs are currently 30 to 1 to win the NBA championship, 10 to 1 to win the East, and minus 150 to win the Central Division. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. And I'm Timmy Hall, the new man at the helm of The Ohio State University. School President Ted Carter, the old Top Gun flight school grad himself, joined the Morning Juice. Joined Morning Juice. He just started in January and talked about what a whirlwind it's been. It's been exciting. 
it has been uh, like drinking a little bit out of the fire hose. Yeah, there's a lot to learn here. Uh, but I will tell you, every day that I'm here, it's a validation that I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I'm really excited to be here in Columbus and at The Ohio State University. Women's basketball tonight. Second-ranked Buckeyes winners of 14 straight. They will play a team, one of the only few teams that's beat them this year. The last time they lost was at Michigan December 30th. They get a chance for payback and can clinch the outright Big Ten title, 7 p.m. on ESPN Columbus. This one, sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, a no-risk, all-rewards path to real weight loss. If you're not happy with your results in the first week, go